Josh is still going up. It's still going up. Hey, I'm clearly not Kelsey. <laughs> and clearly I'm not alone here. I got uh, Paul Denuzio at, at the not PLD and Dylan here with me tonight. That's a heel move. That's a heel move, Alex. That's a heel move, Alex. I am PLD. You know that. Come on now. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not acknowledging that name. I'm, I'm just not. I am also not Kelsey. I do have to apologize. I know we go going late is kind of in our MO a little bit, but not this late. Uh, we did have some major problems. Kelsey had some major problems uh, internet-wise, uh, so we were trying to work and see if we can make it work. Uh, when it couldn't, uh, we uh, Alex had to dra drag us old dogs out of well, day re retirement for the day, anyway. Out oh. <laughs> of the scrap heap. Out <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> But we did. We got Dylan on the scrap heap, too. Uh, you know, he hasn't done it a while. We figured, uh, let's, let's get him on board. How are you doing today, Dylan? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I uh, see in the chat where some people are like, man, it's been a while since we've seen Dylan on. Yeah, it's true. I invaded the episode a little while ago, but it's been a minute since I've officially been a host on the thing for a second. So um, I'm glad to be back to be able to bring my opinions, thoughts, and definitely not be Shmominati. Alex? Speaking of, how are you doing? Um, it's, uh, it's definitely not the Shmominati. It's actually the Shmo Booty. Shmo Booty. Shmo Booty. That's right. Shmo Booty. I still want to see that trending, guys. I still want to see that trending. That would be great. So, that would be the best thing ever. <laughs> Can we make this happen? <laughs> but, guys, thank you so much for your patience. We really, really appreciate it. I know that we are starting way later uh, than scheduled. But, you know, like I said, technical issues uh a lot of things like popped up uh, unfortunately so we're doing a little bit of troubleshooting as we go so please be patient with us we really appreciate it um but with that being said we're just going to go ahead and dive right into it so the, obviously this was the first first week of the singles tournament so you know no big deal not that many matches and we're not tired we're not tired at all we're, we're not, not tired at all from watching all these matches <laughs> it's only week one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah, so we had the match debut of actually two, actually three qualifying matches to go into the actual tournament itself. So technically, I guess not, it is part of the tournament, but technically not. It's kind of a weird situation. And yes, Dean Morgan, I am in my living room. I'm not in my basement office area as some horrible stuff happened in my house. <laughs> but um, So we're just going to real quickly grace through some of the matches of the week, but also we're going to dedicate some extra time to obviously the showdown throwdown that happened just the other day on Friday between Merle and Ethan, but also the team match between Shazam and Final Exam. But also one of our big topics today is definition of a heel. What is a heel? What defines a heel? What makes a good heel versus a great heel? And also the evolution of a face to a heel and vice versa. So that's a real big topic. I hope you stick around to hang with us and share us, uh, your thoughts as well. Um, also want to let you guys know, we have, uh, you know, Streamlabs, you know, everything ready to go. So if you have any comments, questions, let us know your opinions, whatever it may be. Let us know in a little Streamlabs or a Super Chat. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to, you know, Hang out with you guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, so oh, Brandon Buckham, we are going to actually try not to make this a three hour. Three. If we can help it, we won't. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to cut things down a little bit. We're going to be a little more direct, a little more boom. Yes. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump real quickly into the first match of the week. It was, uh, you know, between Andres and uh, uh, Andres Galagos uh, versus Collins. You know, obviously, Andres was the winner in this match, but still, you know, a great match from between two rookies. Dylan, starting with you, what do you think of this? Uh, these match debuts for these two? Yeah, it was it was interesting. It felt very much like a, a rookie debut for both of them, right? Um 
Andreas and Adam came in. Adam came in with a stronger round one overall, but um, you know it ended up being a little. It being it stayed fairly tight, all things considered. Um, mm -hmm. With Collins definitely feeling like he had the upper hand for most of the match, but never really so far ahead that it was just going to be TKO territory. But first round jitters for all the performances, I would say this is you know a pretty solid opening for both of them. I mean, when you're considering that you're adjusting to Schmodown in the 2020 verse that we are now, um, and your first match is coming in as a play-in match. Yeah, I mean, they did as well as to be expected. Um, I think Collins really showed some of the hype that I feel like of the two, he had the uh, the aura coming in of like being the favorite on this one. I feel like yeah. I heard more buzz about Collins coming in on that. And I'm just sure. Yeah, yeah, tape. Yeah, tape as well. Right. So to speak. Nothing against Galagos at all on that one. I mean, it's just Collins had a little bit more uh, heat coming in with that one. But Galagos came up to play, man. And it definitely wasn't a knockout by any means. It was. It felt closer than what the score probably reflects on that at 17 and 11. So I thought it was a fun opening match for the the play-in starting the singles. I gotta say it's Andres Galago. There's no actually S in there. It's the Ghost because his nickname is the Ghost. Yeah, the Ghost. Yeah, the ghost. Yeah. I've been in there for a while too. And actually, oh, I said Galago at first. And uh, Eric Rodriguez, Neurochronic, is a is a friend of Andres, and he actually, yeah, you know, I was pushing him to me at one point say we should look out for him. And he actually, I think he told me to pronounce Gallego at one point. So I was totally off the charts on how to pronounce the guy's name. But you know what? I pronounce my name three different ways too. So it doesn't, I, I get that. I understand it. Uh, but I'll go on and say I like this match a lot too. I think they, Adam Collins definitely had a lot of heat to him he definitely brought some from the from the families and he 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 did what he was supposed to do andres i feel like he had a good a good debut a good solid debut um and he's got a lot to, to uh, build from on that. I'd like to, I definitely want to see him more in the future. I love his personality. I think he's mm -hmm. got a great personality, really set to deliver on some things. And he's has a great background. And if your chronic says you're good, you got to be good because he sees everybody. He sees everybody. How many times? I mean, multiple times a day because he has to work on those promos. So I think he's something to definitely, definitely look forward to. And I know he's out for the season now, obviously, probably. But man, uh, the big part about this one is how corruption is just handing Shannon is handing Kaiser. Everything he can, he can take. I feel so bad for Kaiser. Kaiser has nothing he can fight back with at this point. He just keeps, Jenny just keeps shitting on him and, and can't do anything about it at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just the way that it was drafted, unfortunately. Uh, you know, uh, you can argue that Shannon was definitely much more of an efficient, uh, you know, uh, and a much more of an efficient drafter, but that's a whole other conversation for a very, very, very different day uh, versus someone like Kaiser, um, who is very IG focused when he picked uh, his competitors at the get go at that draft. Uh, moving on to our second match of the week, it was, you know, another family Gertrude Schmodown competitor, Mr. James White, up against Frank Moran, definitely a fan favorite that has been in Schmodown, you know, for several years now, for several seasons. However, he's not a super well-known competitor he's not on all that much but whenever he does come to play he is so fantastic and this match in particular it was really great to see him he was so solid i was like it was a very close match the entire time it was one of my favorites for sure what do you think paul oh yeah um, i like frank had a great debut or not debut but he had a great uh, showing in the free-for-all uh when he made his free-for-all free debut was good and another tag team match so we're kind of ready to see what he could do on his own um and then james white obviously had the hype from the being <laughs> second round pick uh, in the draft i mean that's a pretty no impressive pressure. You know? <laughs> no pressure at all um but both both of them had a good solid solid match i feel like both of them are still kind of finding their legs as far as how the matches go i mean you have the the vets, like the high level vets that have been there for a while, they kind of know what, like more what they're doing. They're still kind of feeling it out a little bit, I felt. But um, 
James actually showed a lot of uh, chutzpah there because he was going down by the end, like, and then he goes into round three. I honestly, at one point, thought it was over. I honestly didn't think he had a, he had a shot. I really counted him out at the end, but he came through, mm-hmm. made that solid five pull at the, the Catherine O'Hara, and uh, that was an impressive pull, like, and the way he did it. Some people saying, was he pulling a bait, and was he not? I don't know either way. I think he had it. I think he had it in the back of his head, but he was taking that time to confirm it. I think it was like that. But uh, but that was such a great pull that made for a great victory, gave him some possible momentum. So I, I was pretty pretty excited to see what James did, and he definitely proved himself worthy of uh, of playing. Yeah, not kidding. It was uh, uh, James has definitely had a lot of hype coming into it. Very similar. He has played uh, pretty extensively in the fan leagues, and you know. Uh, you know, he's really, really talented overall. It just goes to show just how important keeping that mentality, you know, in your head at all times throughout the match, even when you're not doing so well. Obviously, he, in the first round, he um, he got like maybe, it's not even that bad of a score. He got maybe like a four or a five. Four or five. It's not a really great showing, especially nowadays. But I mean, it wasn't bad by any means. I mean, it was just like, hmm, okay. The guy clearly watches movies and he's okay. He's pretty good. Um, you know, but the thing is, you know, and uh, but going into the second and third rounds, it really showed that you have to believe in yourself. You have to actually keep trying the entire time because at any given point, he could have been like, well, I guess it just didn't work out. You know, what are you going to do? That could have happened. Um, but it did it, you know, he definitely knew he kept focused and he pulled out those points by the end. And that to me, that five pounder is pretty, that's a pretty hard five pointer for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Dylan, final thoughts. Yeah. I mean, overall, I think that this is, uh, this match overall showed a little bit more uh, bigger as far as the playing matches for, um, especially for James White on this one round one rough start and you know, on your first match coming in, you, you don't want to have like four or five points on that one. You probably set a hard bar a little bit higher for yourself round two they were just fighting the mud it went back and back but james really showing in that third round just cleaning the plate getting the two three and especially the five all the way to the last second Ooh, man that um that's 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 a high level player psyche right there that's what i came away from it right is to be able to have that mindset to make it through all three not defeat yourself and to be able to bring it back on that last second that win was a hard-earned win um and i respect that man because i mean going in it looked like he was about to be falling out, but then he just clutches it out. So James White, man, put him on that radar. Maybe he's worth that round two pick. Mm-hmm. It's a, it was a super duper huge risk for oh, him yeah. to be drafted in the in the second round by you know uh, the former Droogs manager, obviously, and him being switched over to the Den. What a huge steal, um, especially when some kind of like rando weird guy like. What's his face? Um, so we're gonna be moving on to our next match. You know, Marisol McKee, another fan leaguer. It's been like the week of the fan leaguers, which I'm so excited for taking over. Marisol McKee uh ran away with a victory up against you know Bonnie Somerville that's played that currently technically now zero and four. So obviously, but the thing is every time she comes to play. It really kind of depends on her headspace. Um, it wasn't a great match for her. However, this is the best match we've ever seen her play, mm-hmm. score-wise. Yeah. Like, 17 points is, like, it's a really great, like, really a great score. score, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, dang. 
I mean, first of all, before we talk about anything else, I got to say is like the entrance and the uh, back and forth with Shannon was definitely something we hadn't seen the Schmodown in a while. And I don't think yeah. I've ever seen Mark Ellis and Christian uh, be that speechless. Uh, Mark Ellis's face, I've never, no one's made a gif of that yet. They really should because his face was definitely uh, something to keep on. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know what to do. Uh, but the match itself, Body had Body showed Hutzpah, she showed some great energy in there. She definitely wants to win. Um, she obviously she's not, I mean, we know what she is. She's not uh, gonna be a schmo down for life or kind of thing. She's not watching the matches every week and everything else. Yeah. Uh, she's not keeping up, but she wants to compete. She has some knowledge, she has some good knowledge. And, uh, and it's it's nice to see her get that 17 points or whatever it was, you know, that highest she's ever scored. Uh, maybe she'll keep going, maybe she'll get better at it. And maybe it's next time might take some time, but I know some people don't like seeing it because like they say she doesn't take it serious, so there's no serious way to do it, but at the same time time if you look at old school wrestling they had people who have like there's like championship level matches but there's also other matches you can have that are just as entertaining i was entertained thoroughly by this match by her energy by her fun it was a fun match to watch so at this point i think you can have both in the showdown and be perfectly yeah. fine while as marisol stone cold killer i love what she has to bring uh she's got the yeah. ice in the veins does not get rattled mm -hmm. she, was just, she wasn't even putting up a body's antics it was just you do what you do i'm gonna do what i do so i think she has a great great future in the showdown Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. Um, Dylan, okay, we'll start with you, Dylan, um, and then Paul. But if you were a manager and you had one spot left remaining on your faction, would you draft Somerville? I mean, considering. I mean, if, you, if it was like, you know, scratch that. If it was like, a, yeah, right. if she had one spot remaining and there's like a bunch of other people as well, but her name and she's like, I want it. I want it on. I want another one another match. Would you give her that match? Would you give her that opportunity potentially? I would say here's where I'll land on that one. I'll say that I'll draft her and here's why. Last spot, guaranteed a match. Is it guaranteed to win? No, probably not. But at 0-4, you're either getting paired up against people who are just going to knock you out cold, or you're going to get paired up against a rookie. And you never know. I mean, if I've learned anything from that last match and her previous matches, Bonnie's knowledge, movie-wise, is there. There's a core structure that's there. Gameplay-wise, yeah. if you're a manager, you can work with that. I mean, it's rough. It's like, don't get me wrong. That's showing I've, I've never been both equally impressed and disappointed at the same time. So. <laughs> match overall with uh, somebody's performance on that but as a manager it's your job to be able to work around with that all right the knowledge yes. is going to improve the gameplay I'm not saying she's going to be an ace competitor but she might be able to get you a win you could put her in teams maybe too that was what uh, Christian did suggest as well. Because yeah. you have, she has that structured knowledge. You put it into somebody who knows what they're doing, who has the gameplay, and help work her through that. That's something that could potentially be that underrated team. You don't think much of them, and then they strike and they get you a win or two for a last slot on on the on the uh, draw. You're gonna get a match. You're gonna if you put her on a team. That team is gonna get a match. You're gonna get you know, a match. Yeah. We've had players who don't haven't had matches yet this year. I mean, I part of that's COVID. I get it, but like, I mean. I don't know, man. I, I you like the idea that you can't win if you're not playing. Mm -hmm. And this way you're going to play. So absolutely, I think I might take a shot at her. Yeah. I Something I would be concerned with is that this is her fourth match, and she still has a hard time with uh, with the rules. Mm -hmm. Like, he, it's like time right now. And she's like, wait, wait, can I get a JTE? It's like, no, it's time out. You, you had like 15 seconds, like oh, things Ooh, like that. Like, did a countdown and everything, um, but uh, there were a few moments like of that where I'm like, how I feel like she I would 
force her to sit down and watch like a whole bunch of matches and her and like kind of quiz her a little bit and just be like, okay, about like multiple choice and things like that. I would want to test her a little bit to see how she would do and how it kind of holds because, you know, and maybe it depends on that, you know, day and time, honestly, um, because there's some days where she's there to play and other times where she's like, hmm, chill, you know? Yeah. So it kind of depends on what, uh, you know, what kind of Bonnie, no pun intended, shows up. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So last but not least, the big daddy, the big kahuna, the big match from Friday, the Schmodown throwdown. Before we uh, go into that, we should say that breakdowns and all the other matches are, you can find them on our channel. We had Marisol with Alex. We had Andres with uh, Danny. And were you on that one too, Alex? Can't remember. You on that one? I was with Marisol. Marisol. So Danny, Danny and Kelsey. Maybe Danny and Kelsey were with Alex. We got so many. Sorry, we print like fifteen of these a day now. We're losing track of who's going. Danny and I did. Uh, and I did the James White. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so those are on our channel if you want to go back and look at the more de in detail, in detailed depth breakdowns at that point. So Alex, continue. Um, what like mentioned uh, for the Schmodown Throwdown, so we have a championship singles championship match between Ethan Irwin going up against for uh, Dan Merrill for the third time. You know, uh, over the championship singles championship match, um, Ethan Irwin obviously representing the usual suspects and uh, the Finstock Exchange's uh, you know favorite, arguably best competitor. You know is Dan Merle. This is not only the third they played, but this is also the defining one. Like which one is better? Because each of them have defeated each other once. So going to the third one, we're like, oh no, we have no clue. Um, so you guys, I know we kind of talked about it previously, but I'm gonna need, I'm gonna have to have you guys take a slight lead on this because I feel bad. I was in the middle of watching it, and I might have took a nap <laughs> in the middle of the match. Wow. Well, then you smoke confessions, everybody. Hashtag smoke confessions. That's because, you know, smoke we've been through so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, it wasn't intentional. I didn't realize how tired I was. I was, like, working in the yard and stuff all day. And then out of nowhere, I just, like, I sat down to watch the match. And I watched the team match and everything, and I was, like, clocked out for a good, like, 15 minutes. From the very beginning of the first round to the end of the third round. It was ridiculous. I felt so awful. So I'm going to have to have you guys take the lead on this match in particular. Particularly fine. I mean, I went in, we went into the match, and like you said, it was kind of like the rubber match and everything else. Uh, Dan's had another great little run, which is not surprising. He just has these kind of runs in him. His entire career has been one big run overall. A couple of missteps here and there, but this recently has been another big one. Ethan Irwin has always been someone who is – Definitively one of the best of all time as far as pure knowledge. Um, I think I want to say Bateman said it the other day when he says that there's anybody you could think of when you go up against them that you could that somebody could beat me without I could have my best game and Ethan Irwin could still beat me. There's only a few people in the league you could say that about. And Irwin is definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's up there from Megs. Thank you very much, Megs, as always. Um, now this Definitely lived up to the bill. It definitely lived up to the bill. No doubt about that. I mean, the we went to sudden death, and the whole time was back and forth, back and forth. A few missteps at some point it was like I think Merwin uh, Merle had one that was he excellent. Merle had what six? Yeah, six points in round one. It was yeah. seven to six after round one. That's not like Merle. Merle doesn't get a six point round one. So right away, I felt like, like right away, I felt like 
hmm, this, is he ready? Is something going on? I don't know. It doesn't seem like him. And anybody else were kind of like, ah, it's six points. But Murray, like, wow. What? How did you feel about that, Dylan, after this, the first round? Yeah, first round, I was surprised. Um, not that Irwin was necessarily on top, but just seeing Merle put down six, you know, six in this level of play at a championship match, like, you, you get surprised by that. You expect seven or perfect rounds across the board. Um, not to say that's a bad showing or anything at all, because, I mean, yeah, for sure, he definitely picks it up in the next couple of rounds and takes the lead in rounds two and three, I think. Um, or at least comes really close after the betting round. But, yeah, overall, it, I definitely – I was – I was surprised to see Merle down, but I had Erwin going in on this match. Erwin, Erwin's my dude. Erwin is a better, more successful me. Uh, <laughs> look at the faces, guys. Look at the faces. All right, same dude. So um, that would be my dad. I don't know. Or not Merle. Erwin might actually be my dad. But that all jokes aside, there. Yeah, Erwin is Erwin is a beast. I think the story here for me was seeing that him come in after being after being cold for most of the season, right? So we'd only really seen him since the beginning. Um, and he hadn't really got a chance to play. And true, that's that's true for Merrill as well. But Merrill got a title defense against Bateman earlier on in the season. Right. So this was man, this was a slobber knocker, man. After it was so cl- it was always one point differences between on the little swings, right? Merrill takes the mm-hmm. Irwin takes the first lead. Merrill takes the lead for the next couple of rounds. Irwin comes back, and they end up tied into the five round or in round five. This was a tempo. <laughs> I definitely will say really quick going back to the first round that, that the first round questions were much harder this time. That's oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. Definitely have the like, it's almost like they have they must have some kind of structure. I don't know this, but like like matches, like debut matches, like tournament matches, and then like championship matches, the, the, the round one questions get kicked up a notch. And almost like not like one pointers, or like almost like all two pointers almost. Right. Yeah. And then round two, so round two would happen, and he got he got he spun away from movie release dates, mm-hmm. which and he ended up taking Spike Lee. Um, and he did pretty good with that. He did pretty good with Spike Lee, but it was interesting to see where that was going to go. Whereas Merle spun away from courtroom drama and even said it was kind of a too widely ranged uh, category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, that category in particular, it's very similar to spy movies where it can either completely bite you in the ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be the most random movies, um, random movies, everything from, you know, Primal Fear with Richard Gere to, you know, uh, uh, down to Legally Blonde, you know, <laughs> to, uh, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird. There's a lot of, uh, you know, movies and genres that it's banned. So it's very difficult to study, dang near diff- uh, impossible. However, um, you know, very similar to, that's like mentioned with spy movies, like, you may think you're good at spy movies, like everyone's seen spy movies and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, there's like a bazillion of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah court, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. courtroom thrillers, even. Think That's about true. that for a second. That is true. That's yeah. And there's so many of that. There's not one thing about it too. Is a lot of them are similar type movies. You know, what I mean, yeah. it's still the same movies. They kind of have the same basic storyline ish in a way. So you can get definitely details. It can get confusing at some point with that kind of category specifically. So it's probably good that he spun away and got fantasy sci-fi. And it did it ended up helping him out definitively because, you know, after Spike Lee, uh, Dan Merle was able to take the lead in round two or at least tie in round two. Either way, he used to make up for round one definitively. I don't know if it was a tie after round two or not. I think uh, it was just short in round two, and then uh, Merle pulls ahead after the betting round because right. he bet- Point, right? Yeah, it was the betting point. That was that was that was the big thing on that. Yeah, um, and they ended up getting movie release dates, and that was the uh, thing. Love. I, 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 honestly, that round right there is the biggest one for me. The betting round going in, movie release dates, and 
I totally get it. If I'm if I'm Irwin, that that question could either be like that could come from who nowhere, especially it being a possible three point question per se. The difficulty you expected to go deeper. Right. Um, what movie was it for? It wasn't actually that deep. The question it was Top Gun. Top Gun. That's right. What year? Wait, 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 wait. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Is that eighty six? It is eighty six. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So having a question like that come out. This was this was so much a fortune favors the bold, right? Like if you're brave enough to make the bet, then you would have came out. And honestly, that we can all it came down to being a one point game if you really look at it, no matter what. They went into overtime by the time it was all said and done. Ethan bets one more point on this, he wins into the third round. Um, but that's that's championship level matches, man. That's what I love about it is the, the razor thin margin that showed just how good these guys are. Uh, Merle, I think, is consistent. Like we don't, nobody needs convincing that Merle is championship level player. Like he's he is the goat, right? But it, for me, it was heartwarming to see Irwin come back in because I feel like he'd had a couple rough goes. Um, him come in and still show that he can just go pound to pound with the best like that on any given Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, that was my jam. That was, that my was jam. Like one of the only reasons I was like, if I had to root for somebody for like, outside of factions, outside of points, just for pure personalities, I would like to see Irwin win just because I, I feel like he doesn't get quite the respect he deserves i mean Absolutely. overall he does but i think there's some level of like well he only won the title one and didn't defend it and that's it and he kind of like i think he deserves more level because he's definitely such a top level player and he proved it he proved it tonight but still didn't have that belt so they almost like people wait knock him for that and I, I think they shouldn't but you never know um but the speed round it was interesting too i like this new speed round to a degree i'm i know i'm very interested to see what's gonna happen for ben bateman and this kind of thing because ben bateman like lived and died and really took advantage of this the old speed round. He had that buzzer thing down to a T. I don't think anyone's better than him at that speed round. This is a different kind of speed round that favors more someone like a Merle because it, she just has to answer questions. Um, but Erwin did get a point back from that. He actually got all in. Merle, they all answered questions right, but Merle missed the didn't answer the one question. So it still wasn't enough for him. So I'm interested to see how people like that have adjusted to it and what that's going to be like in the future as far as other people. And talking long-term future when we get back to normal real life studio stuff whether we're going to have which way we're going to do it champions potentially choice. champion's choice which is going to be interesting to say too so not kidding it's uh it's definitely from what little i saw <laughs> you know i hate this i hate to be that person but um you know it's uh, i'm looking at the stats here now like i said i did not see the second round i barely saw i did not see the betting round from what i remember um and i barely saw a smidgen of the third round now the thing is Looking at these stats alone, I am just really impressed with both these competitors, obviously, like stats wise. But, you know, I'm really curious about, you know, these steals from uh, Ethan Irwin. Uh, uh, Ethan Irwin had uh, that Merle had from Ethan Irwin. Uh, so, Ethan Irwin. Aaron. So yeah, Merle got the one steal on multiple choice. I can't remember the question. And Irwin got it back. Spike Jones did you feel? And it, uh, he, yeah. he got a two point steal, and that's huge, huge for. I mean, that's what it says, right? It, I no, no, no. Those he got a oh. chance to steal, but did not get the two pointer. Oh, okay, yeah. I misunderstood. My bad. My bad. It wasn't yeah. on the one point. It was a multiple. Um, but, but regardless, when it comes to categories like directors, um, I am a tad surprised uh, just because obviously they are very difficult to 
to ace obviously but thing is they're finite uh a finite amount of movies so they're hypothetically in theory they're easier easier to study versus like something like courtroom dramas which all decades all genres um you know but as long as it's themes on these you know um you know it can however when something with spike lee that's only like 20 movies or something like that you know anne hathaway has in their entire career hasn't done more than 20 movies yeah. <laughs> so if you're gonna make if you're gonna make a, something like that a strength that is a lot easier to do it's a lot easier to take advantage of those skills which i'm a little surprised that wasn't uh, that didn't happen in this at this level but also spike lee that's a very difficult category. <laughs> um, I've been actually going through a Spike Lee uh, watch through myself. One of my watchers have been doing it, but I haven't quite got that far yet. But even I, I just watched Clockers a couple of days ago. I, I was like, I know he spit mm-hmm. a lot a lot, but I don't know if they actually mentioned the Ulster specifically. I probably might have missed it because we were late yeah. or something. Yeah. But it's a deep cut. It's a definitely deep cut. It is. Yeah. There's a lot of little moments for sure. Um, uh, there's there's not specific information such as like um, there's not a lot of specific information like um, uh, what what kind of car did this person have in or whatever it be because that's not important obviously in the movie but what is important is like what action did this person take you know right. where did they go that kind of thing so it's uh, it's so it's not like a similar to IG where it, like they have to know every single finite detail. Mm. Every- Fine, you feel me? Yeah. Um, yes. Um, but also, Ke- Kelsey says, damn that shmoma booty. Let's mm. <laughs> cheeks done. Clap turn. That's what happened, everybody. <laughs> um, is there, do you guys have any final thoughts regarding this match in particular and how impressive? <clears throat> well, I'll say it's, it, anytime you go to sudden death, it's impressive. When it's sudden death against the two Titans for the championship, there's nothing more impressive than that. Um, as a final question being the I 10 things I hate about you question. It was a great question. I love it. Um, I was kind of sad that Erwin didn't get it. I was kind of surprised Erwin didn't get it. Um, but at the same time, it's not an easy title. It's like, he can't take my eyes off of you versus you when I want to want me. Uh, but I love the question. I love what they did. Uh, I love the fact that Ethan Erwin is, is low key. Like, just like, ah, that sucks. No, he's ready to go. <laughs> yeah, ready to go. Yeah. It's not going to shake him in the future. He's going to come being the same old guy that he is. Um, and Dan gets his belt. Dan gets to keep his belt. But uh, interesting to think that like this was such a good match that like some people are actually already claim this is the match of the year. I still would say that for me personally, I still would argue more that Bateman, Bateman, Bateman Earl was yeah. a little better. was a match of the year. But this was indefinitely in the conversation. So I went like ten questions in overtime. Yeah. That was a wake for. Bateman and Merle is a strong contender. Uh, Star Wars Finals is definitely a strong mm-hmm. contender. But when you look at this match overall, you know what? I see it as a total win. If you have uh, Ethan Irwin on your fantasy roster, guess who's just now in the singles tournament? You know, yeah. there, right. there the silver linings across the board, yeah. right? We're always balanced. I was talking about it, actually. Specifically, it was the best thing that could happen was him to take Dan to sudden death, lose, and then run the table <laughs> for fantasy purposes yeah. run the table in the singles tournament. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like a well. Um, oh, and by the by the way, before I forget, it was also revealed at the end of this match there was an announcement uh, made through the Finstock Exchange, specifically uh, a Mr. John Roca himself. He did pop on screen and said. Um, uh, he also like uh, popped up on screen and he did say right out of the gate, he's like, "Guys, I'm not done." I'm playing it. 
girls. Comments people like, which I'm like, is this news? I'm sorry, what? Right. I mean, like, I'm sorry, did you plan on playing one single match for the rest of the season and be okay with it? <laughs> no. That was, this was like, uh, and other news, water wet. That's what right. I mean. <laughs> This was not going to happen. Yeah, no right. John Rocco was going to go out like that. John Rocco gets emotional at the end of his loss, and he, that's going to always happen. He takes a few days, and he just misses it, and he wants to get back at the ring. That's what he does. So he's going to come back in. He's going to make his announcement. He's back in the tournament. I was not shocked. I would I would have been much more shocked if he had said he was done. Right. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. I think Rocco came in, and as soon as I saw Rocco, I was just like, all right, we already know. We already know. Come on, Roka. Come on. We know where this is going. Roka just wanted to be the fourth member of the show. That's pretty funny, Harold. I like that. I uh, did tell um, – I remember – well, I chat with Roka, like, right after we had, like, a morning with Roka, and he was, like, talking about I was like, yeah, I'm still kind of – it was, like, right after the – his match and he's like, yeah, I'm still kind of feeling it, feeling it, you know, it sucks, you know, but whatever. And everyone tells me it's really great and everything, but I feel like I should have, uh, I should have uh, got that Sid Pollock one. That's another, again, another day for another day. Um, but uh, I even told him, I was like, dude, no offense, but there's no way in hell you're not playing the singles tournament. And let me tell you why. Because one, you're a prideful man. And that's not a bad thing, but you're a prideful man. And you will never, under any circumstances, let uh, the only single match of the season will be a match that you played against Ethan Irwin who won with a questionable challenge. That's the reason why you lost. But on top of that, it is the only singles uh, match that you competed in is one that you lost really publicly. <laughs> and... And now you're just going to wait until teams like, no, like we both know that's not that's true. And he's like, well, actually, well, yeah, my profile got correct. And I was like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny to see that, but yeah, he's, uh, he's doing really, really great overall. Um, we did get a stream labs from Mr. Oscar Romo. Thank you so much, Oscar. Really appreciate it. Just wanted to drop by and know that I love everyone here every, Everyone. <laughs> Everyone except Paul. JK, I love you too, I guess. Love you too. PLD is actually what he said. I know you're just kidding. Uh, whatever. I'm not going to confirm that. I'm not gonna whatever, whatever. The man you know all the news. <laughs> Can't wait for Action Civil War 2. Ben by TKO. Um, yeah. <laughs> Brandon, every t I try every week, man. But they just, <laughs> at this point, it's just like Adam Field. Fire. We keep getting more popular. It's the opposite of what I want. But you know what? <laughs> I just right. want to let you know, Hannah, we just started like 30 minutes ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> just want to bring that up. Um, we have rates our roster. We have technical difficulties, buddy. You keep throwing everything you've got. We're going to keep rolling on in, Brandon Hannah. We see you trying to sabotage our Wi-Fi. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Brandon Hannah is the real you know, leader behind the uh, Shmoma Booty. Shmoma Booty. So he's the real, you know, it's it's you know, he's the real one behind it. He, I mean, it's this guy right here. Who else it could possibly be the leader of this? That right there screams from no one else at all. It's just impossible. This is the weirdest Willy Wonka O face I've ever seen. <laughs> Can I see that one more time? Can we get that back on there? Can we get back on screen? Can we? Yes, absolutely. All right, all right, real quick, real right. quick. There we go. Why? Wow. Why? Wow. Why is that Shmoma Booty? Hashtag. Make sure to screenshot that. And uh, if you 
Go ahead and screenshot this and tweet it at Brandon Hanna. Make sure to tag called action. We'll give you a big old heart in that tweet. We'll give you a big old. <laughs> you know, it, it might be worth it to join his Patreon just to hear what he has to say about that. That's what I'm going to say. I know he's got to do Patreon out. So uh, it might be worth it just to see what he has to say. I don't oh, say yeah. harass him. Just to harass him, I'll sign up. Yeah. <laughs> harass him. Harass him with football, guys. Get that Patreon. <laughs> um, uh, just yeah, just saying, just want to let you guys know, um, Brandon Hanna, love him or hate him, the guy's putting out some awesome content. So, if you're not familiar, uh, if you did not know, he also has a Patreon, so go definitely go check it out. He's a pretty fun QA coming up here this Wednesday. So, just giving you a heads up, it's gonna be pretty fun. Um, we are gonna be diving into the match right before uh, the singles champion match, and that was a little uh. Team match. That's a little bit, a little team match between two very <laughs> interesting teams. <laughs> um, the final exam representing swag that are like really conquering the, the 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 faction rosters right now that are kicking so much bootay going up going up against Shazam that haven't played against since Spectacular. So it's been a while since they've uh, played in general, but playing in a new format. Ooh. Okay, so starting with Paul in particular, what were your, some of your initial predictions going into it? Well, I was on the Ashton Industries page uh, when I was on, with Ben and Drew. They asked him predictions, and I said I was leaning towards final exams for that exact reason. I thought Shazam might be rusty, and that final exam had actually had yeah. um, Ben building up. But then I realized that because they're taping the tournaments and stuff, that I actually believe probably round one was finished. So probably Bibiani and the kid both had probably taped their matches. They probably actually had their debuts so to speak on uh on camera we had not seen it yet um so that makes sense to me now uh they going in i i, I was thinking final exam but knowing that i would have probably changed my answer to shazam a little bit because shazam has better pedigree overall uh whereas final exam are a great team and they've moved they've gone gotten a lot better as they've gone along they've got to cover each other's gaps and everything else and they, they have a good dynamic which is great and actually in a, in a way it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh the shazam dynamic in that way they had on had a fun off each other but they actually do have a lot of knowledge between them as well um but shazam has been on it a little longer so the other day after i thought about it I was not surprised to see shazam pull it off pretty much not kidding well technically going into this match they are what at like five and one as a team yeah, please let me know if that is incorrect or correct. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe I'm making it up. Who knows? Um, but for some reason, I have that in my head versus, you know, final exam. They've only played two matches. Sorry, three matches. Oh. Sorry. Well, scratch that. This would have been their third match um, as a team. So they're definitely, they were the, definitely the underguard coming into it. But at the same time, they're definitely one of the most talked about teams this season with two really interesting competitor, uh, competitors, uh, you know, obviously Paul Yama being a former singles champion, that's definitely trying to go and having his own little redemption story himself coming back from uh, trying to get that belt again, but also Lon, Lon's like a homeless dude from that's living in Michigan that is trying to open a soda shop in an RV. So how much, how much about movies does the guy know realistically? <laughs> 
I think I catch it a lot just by osmosis. He probably has a lot of movies going around behind him and uh, on, on the background there, and he'll just start catching on. <laughs> just like actually living in those movie theaters. That's it. <laughs> I bet she has definitely crashed at a few movie theaters for a couple of weeks, and the guy just didn't even recognize he was there. He's just in the background with bags of popcorn. The guy who has like a wax statue. <laughs> the is definitely going to be in whatever next Kevin Spitz next film is. Like he's just going to blend in as a character. The delinquent seems like a Kevin Spitz character. If I'm totally <laughs> low key, low key. I honestly, because he mentioned it, Lon mentioned it mentioned a couple of times on our show, that he and Bibbs used to work at a video store together back yeah. in the day. That right there just sounds like a Kevin Kevin Smith movie. Bibiani mm-hmm. and Lon Harris working at a video oh store. That just sounds right like out of Kevin Smith. I would love to see that as a Kevin Smith movie. Oh, yeah. I, I'm waiting for a skit to come out about that. <laughs> I really love it. Can we get... Lon is so cool. Lon is the best. Well, I'm waiting for a lawn after show or radio series or something <laughs> like lawn offering like life advice or something. Oh my god, character outside a guy, I think, in the whole thing. He's been he's, he's now had two two successful characters, yeah. So, I mean, can't go wrong with that, is he? Yeah, well, is between the professor and characters, the characters? successful as a gimmick. He didn't well, I, much, but he was just so he was over as a gimmick definitively. Well, yeah. well, as I well, I do know that Lon has mentioned specifically that being with the professor, it was actually very difficult for him to compete with that comp- character because he would mention that he was so focused on being the character, he would have a hard time um uh, like staying focused and uh recalling the knowledge. So it wasn't a very good, effective character for him to play in particular. So well, I would also argue, he also mentioned yesterday, it wasn't just that specifically. It was also the fact when he first came into the league, he saw it right. as more of a show. He saw it as more of a not a trivia competition. He saw it more of an entertainment thing. So he just, he concentrated more on the character specifically. If he tried right. to be a professor now, if he started doing professor now, he could probably handle it a lot better than he did then. Although he did say yeah. he kind of run out. He was starting to run out of foreign names to say. So <laughs> he didn't know what else to because he's not actually that guy. So he was Making up names left and right at the end there, I think. So I want to start checking and see, was that guy really a director? Or are you just totally making that up now? I don't know. <laughs> oh, and that, um, well, do you have any final thoughts, uh, specifically, uh, Dylan, regarding, you know, regarding Lon in particular? Lon is specific. Um, other than I can't wait to get that Kevin Smith idea rolling. Um, yeah, you know, I'll say this. I think that Paul had, uh, actually had a really interesting thing because not only is Lon so impactful for this team, it's now impacting Shazam, as we even got to see for a little bit on the Shazam, Shazam banter, where we got Brandon the Teen Meyer, unofficial, uh, where he's just sitting there and he's just angsty and fighting with Bibbs at the beginning of that. Oh my gosh. Oh. Come back. <laughs> so much fun. It was everything. Oh my God. I, 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 wa- I never wanted to have a beanie so much in my life. Oh my gosh. So good. Um, Okay, so let's just kind of dive into the stats really yeah. quick. Um, I'm going to have a pull it up again. So, again, thank you so much to Meg. Such an awesome lady for, like, putting uh, these together for us. Uh, so appreciative of her. Um, as you can see through here, both Lon and Oyama, uh, they finished the first round with, uh, you know, with a solid 12 points going up against, you know, Shazam's, you know, 15. So walking away the fr- from the first round, obviously, you know, Shazam was definitely uh, doing a wee bit better. And uh, so I was kind of curious how they're going to try to close that gap with some potential steals or whatever might be in the second round. Um, but overall, 
Well, the big news there is Bibbs. Bibbs got a perfect round and got some bonus points. That's two. That's where you have the two points at there. Yeah. Think, so. That was everything, too. I mean, that really was. If you look at the score coming down to a two-point game, like Brandon had kind of dropped the ball, and boy, was there a lot of technical difficulties not making that or those rounds any easier. Uh, yeah, we, are tech, we had greater tech than they did at that point. That? I know. <laughs> well, we can relate with that right now. But, yeah, uh, Bibbs really clutching it out in the end. It seemed to be a really rough first round for Brandon. And, um if you he did recover, though. He, did, he missed the first well, two and then he, he recovered. Absolutely recovered. Yeah. Well, thing is, okay, so you say it's kind of it was kind of a rough round for uh, for Brandon. Right. However, his version of rough is still literally a six out of an eight. Mm-hmm. So let's just let's just kind of put that in perspective. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. More the idea that he got the first two wrong. He got the same score as Dan Merlin championship match. So just want to point that out there. No, 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 absolutely. I think it's definitely more of a perception thing because it was like two in a row at the beginning that he missed. All of a sudden, like you're in championship match and you're missing the first two questions. Yeah. That at that point, really- it's, it's very psychological. If right. you, especially as uh, the, one of the younger people and that's on screen, you know, you definitely want to prove that you can pull your weight uh, as, a, as as for your team obviously and you know brandon and he was like so he was like oh i'm so sorry i don't have this and it was it was kind of weird because he was almost like he was apologizing to bibs yeah, yeah. and he bibs i'm so sorry i didn't have this movie right. <laughs> and just, oh, we're good we're good we're fine <laughs> you know interesting other dynamic i noticed in this match is that Bibbs throughout the entire time does refer to Brandon as the kid throughout the entire time. Not kid, not Brandon, not any of that. It's just strictly the kid the entire time. Yeah. And I, was, I don't know something about that. I thought it was just interesting. I was just like, man, that that's really that is really the relationship there through and through. At least as as it's showing in the whole match. But right. Yeah. I mean, exactly to your guys' point. So you're right. Six out of eight being a rough round. I mean, again, that is a compliment by my standards because you're that means you are in this. A tier of competition. You are this champion. You're like just sort of championship level play, or you're at championship level play, depending on the match. Like mm-hmm. these are competitors, right? A tier. I'm gonna do a tier list again one day. Give me time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he is this A tier competitor. So I do expect you know seven, even perfect rounds to be the uncommon thing, right? While the lower right. than five, six or below, those are like the oh, those are the rare moments. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same for uh, Paul. He he definitely. Uh, I was kind of curious to see if he was uh, if it uh, because he got five out of the eight questions, and I was kind of curious to see. And he he just seemed to like throughout the when he got the ones wrong, he's like oh, I still don't have it, you know. So I was kind of curious to see if that mentality it was going to continue throughout uh, the match overall, you know, just because you know it's. If let's okay, it just depends on what kind of competitor you are, and like just if sometimes if you if you do really well in match, just keeping that momentum is really great. However, it really shows how much of an amazing competitor are, and just how fantastic you are. If you uh, maybe start out not as great as you had hoped, and be like, no, I'm still gonna keep on keeping on, you know, with uh, and just you know, and find a way to kind of come back from that, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. uh, I mean, it also helps being in teams. This is where teams helps you out, because once you're yeah. done with that first round, the only thing you ever have to, you only have one more question that you have to answer that's on your own. Mm-hmm. So that one question around through, you have to answer on your own. So once you get past round one, you can make it, you can make a team, team work better. That's what, and that's what yeah, they did, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think this says so much about the psychology of, of these players, right? And, um, Really, any one of them. I mean, really, any one of them. Other than I would say, maybe Lon. We're prone to just being 
possibly ready to just fall apart if they just had a terrible round, right? If they went like four of eight or something like that, Oyama, right. Meyer, even Bibbs, you know, for whatever, can you imagine a Bibbs four out of eight round? But, you know, like that yeah. would probably just tank them mentally. And that takes so much to have to dig yourself out of, right? And the biggest enemy in round one after that is yourself. And especially we've seen Oyama have these moments where he has nothing to prove. He's a former champ. He went on a run on his rookie year and beat Dan Merle for the championship. He has nothing to prove on this one. But he holds that expectation for himself. So, um, and he's definitely the heart of that team. If you're looking at final exam, like Lon is definitely like he's there to take the heat off of the character play. And he does all of that. If Yama said to keep Lon on point and sit there and just keep racking up points. So when Oyama feels like he drops that ball, I'm I'm so glad that they managed to recorrect and bring it back into round two because that easily could have been just lights out for them at that point. Shazam could have ran away. Yeah. Very yeah. Fair. Um, moving on into the second round of the match, final exam did get Sly and Arnie. You know, it's definitely our you love it or hate it kind of kind of slight, but also Shazam. He ended up uh, they ended up getting Clint Eastwood, also a love it or, or hate it kind of uh, slight. So these are after, both uh, after spinning away from westerns, like yeah, <laughs> same like, <laughs> yeah. Um, specifically, just want to start with uh, final exam though. Getting Sly and Arnie, they did get, uh, they did do pr very well, uh, almost getting a perfect, uh, perfect uh, second round, except for question number three. Obviously, getting it wrong, um, and and uh, fortunately, unfortunately, depending on which side you are, Suzanne didn't get that either. Um, so uh, Shazam having Clint Eastwood, they ended up getting. Uh, only four out of the six questions, and the four um, and four, neither one of them were able to get that multiple choice. Uh, I believe that's the. I, I can't remember if that's uh, number four or number six was like the Korean versus Vietnam War question. That's when they got right. That's the one that they were able to steal. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, you're right. That was number six. Then. Okay. Gotcha. So these are very difficult rounds. So, what were some of your thoughts overall, guys? With, uh, Paul. Well, I feel like uh, Final Exam, they knew they were in a hole. They were in a hole already. They knew that. Um, so they kind of, when they spun away from uh, John Hughes, they went to Sly and Arnie. They got Sly and Arnie. And that's not a bad round for them. That's not a bad, a bad category for them, obviously. Uh, they did a good job. They did, they did everything they needed to do for the most part. I said, like you said, four, four out of the six were two point questions that they got right. They got one for multiple choice. They just missed the one and the steal. Well, just bringing that up, really, the steel, the way they do steals now definitely is psychologically different because in the middle of the match before when you're in the studio, you have that question, you miss that third question, and they steal you right away, right then and there. That's a psychological thing. Now it's like they have to wait till after the round's over, then they get a, then they see if they get a steal. It's not quite as psychologically damaging, I don't think. Um, I mean, it's just how it looks to me. It doesn't feel like it stops any momentum that way because you're not stopping any momentum. It's already done. Um, but then Shazam... Mm -hmm. I mean, they got Clint Eastwood, and they went through yeah. and did it. Well, they... Go ahead. Oh, um, so, I, sorry. Yeah, it just kind of went blank there. For I think my connection kind of went wonky there for a second. Everyone, okay. Everything went black there for a second. I was like, what's going on? Um, okay. <laughs> unfortunately, um, yeah, so I do know Leo Logan did mention Shazam were debating between Korean and Vietnam War, and then it backfired on him. I do want to let you know, Leo, is that when um, the teams uh, when the teams are um, answering their questions, the other team is not 
in like in the green room on StreamYard. They can't listen in. So I just want to let you know. So they can't hear them debating between the two answers. Mm -hmm. So I just want to give you a heads up. Um, they're in completely different. So they can't hear what answers are, you know, given. Um, okay. What about you, Dylan? What are your thoughts? Yeah, the I mean, round two definitely says volumes on on making a comeback. But I, I really enjoy a round where nobody really gets a strength or nobody really gets a specific weakness, but they just get these middling categories, right? Where it's really the all right. This is where we have to really show off how we can navigate movies that we may have seen once and we're trying to get it together, or you know, we hit it and we just crush it out of the ballpark. Sly and Arnie and and Clint Eastwood are two categories they did not want. You know, that both of these ones were they got saddled with it, pun intended. Um, and you know, I think that it shows, yes, you hear the drum sounds from a mile away. <laughs> um, but you really do see just the skill level these, these, um, uh, these teams that sit there and be able to navigate it in a way and still come out strong into round three. Uh, I, I think I'm more impressed overall with the chemistry on final exam in this one. Um, yeah. just because I, I mean, I expect just such a crazy wealth of knowledge between Meyer and Bibbs. Um, Juan and Oh, Yama, I'm convinced. Lon is definitely there, but it's always just like, huh, I feel like Lon may have watched these just because the delinquent seems like a character who would watch Sly and Arnie, but like Oyama could be a total question mark. You don't know if he's seen these, but seeing that they're like navigating it through and having that age difference make, you know, the bit, well, mm -hmm. like, oh, well, this is the older movie. I've probably seen this this time. Um, yeah, it just, it, it shows everything what I want to see. It shows all the strength of a team. It shows all that chemistry working together. I, the, and the one positive thing that we see in these uh, StreamYard matches now is the team communication, right? Seeing them kind of figure it out and get it apart, you know, with all those whispers to us in the studio. This is the one thing that I almost want to have just been mic'd up for, because I want to hear this behind the scenes stuff. Um, in future, I love it. I love the behind yeah. the scenes stuff. That's just great. I mean, I guess I know why they don't love it. Um, in fact, something we didn't touch on real quick about the other match is that the, the idea that they have code phrases now. Some of the managers have developed. It's almost like a one-off. Yeah. Trying to figure out how to get past the limitations. They're stealing my strategy. <laughs> that's what they're doing. They're stealing them. That's that's what that's what I have to do with my competitors <laughs> in the fan leagues because we. This is what we do. We yeah. have. Um, yeah. And it worked for the betting round for for Dan and uh, for Dan and Gucci. Yeah. my using my code words. Mm -hmm. April May. April May. The one the ones that won to get the title back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Feeling green, feeling uh, feeling green, red, blue, orange. <laughs> All right. Psychologically. The background orange. Got to go orange. Yep. So we're oh. in vacation. Uh, <laughs> <France. Blink. laughs> code word. <laughs> <Pick it> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's also really kind of interesting to see, you know, um, you know, when they played against, you know, um, whatchamacallit, uh, the pride, you know, their strength, what the slice they ended up taking during Spinner's Choice was Adam Sandler, and now they took Sly and Arnie, so obviously they're kind of iffy, they're, these kind of very specific uh, slices like this are clearly, you know, strengths of theirs. So I'm excited to see them try doing slices like uh, spy movies or romance or costume drama, something a little more broad, you know, really kind of challenge them a little bit more for sure. Okay. Um, last but not least, I'm just going to dive real quickly into the third and final round before we kind of go into some of our main topic of the, the evening. So what do you guys think of uh, the third round in particular? Starting with Paul. Third round, well, I mean, they got Drew Barrymore and Oh Yeah, I'm got it. And they've had Disney for Lon mm -hmm. had it. 
and I just couldn't pull their five-pointer. But at that point, it's starting to be like a thing where you have to be in a certain uh, shoot shot of getting to in the third round. When you're down by so much, it, it, you can go in, even if you answer all your questions, if they just have to answer their two and three, like it's, it's just psychologically damaging. To me, to me, because you know that it almost doesn't matter what you do. You got to, but you can't concentrate on that. And they did a good job not concentrating on that. They just said, "Okay, I got to answer my questions, answer the questions that are put in front of me," and uh, they pretty much did the job until they couldn't, they couldn't hack the five pointer. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. It was, I mean, and you, a lot of people might know. I know the what uh, it was like what 1995 movie or something like that. Um, you know. Um, drama has the following characters this this and this right. <laughs> and um right. if you're if you're um, you if you grew up with the movie like winston he's like i knew it right away but if you're not it's it's it is a very tough question for sure um what, what are you dylan what are your thoughts yeah um this round sucked. I wanted to battle Shazam to win, so um, nothing against nothing at all against Shazam. I love Shazam on this one, but I, I had Oyama in here, so I'm loving this chemistry there. But yeah, the that five pointer. I think contextually, if you look at the question, it's maybe not a five pointer in how many clues that it gives away. But at the same time, you've either watched it or you don't, and it comes down to that stuff. Uh, Oyama. I feel like this this question is more for long, and that and that's total age bias, right? And that's not to say that Oyama doesn't know movies that are older than him. Obviously, go watch him on classics for most of his round our games, but. The 90s is a, is a very specific, you know, that we look in the decade, the 1990s. Sorry, guys, we got to clarify that now and slow down. Um, shade, shade, shade. But, yeah, so that one, that's, that's one's rough. But I, I think the real story here is the the pure chances of um, Shazam making it work in, in round three. Because Bibbs even admitted in the post-credit where he said, I did not know uh, Meyer's thriller question. And he's like, I'm glad that we heard Dan's like, five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was so proud I knew that one. I was like, it's either Albert Brooks or it's Ron Perlman. I, but I couldn't, but to me, their characters were very interchangeable, you know? You know, they're both like the gangsters and one of them gets killed and it's like, right. anyway, but um, yes, I do know that Menace Society was 93. I just flipped out a number as hypothetical. Um, Leo, just want to give you a heads up. But yeah, it was great overall. And, you know, when things, sometimes the, the stars just line up so where it's just like, I'll take this one, you take that one, and it just yeah. works, you know? And I know Bib yeah. Loki loves dance movies, even though he doesn't say he's good at dance movies. Yeah. Well, the end of the day, the accuracy right here does tell a story. I know Brandon Hanna's favorite term is accuracy, but mm -hmm. to them, 88% accuracy. Whereas finally, they at 74 mm -hmm. point. That's significant. Although yeah. it's funny, I mean, it's something I didn't mention. I meant forgot to mention it during the Merle match. I think Merle actually had a lower accuracy than Irwin did. Ethan had a higher accuracy by like six or eight points or something. Which yeah. Is yeah. But, so but, that, but that doesn't matter, honestly. It doesn't accuracy when it comes to matches in particular. Some people are talking about like, oh, this person had a higher accuracy than this person. Therefore, they really want, like, no, that's not the way the match works. No, 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 um, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that accuracy does. Oh, does oh no, absolutely. It's, right, it's right. kind of cool to see, though. It really yeah. is. Uh, kind of adds, uh, you know, general accuracy ratings for so many competitors and everything. Just saying um, high accuracy. That's a big, <laughs> when you're getting like 90% of the right, you're probably going to win a lot of your matches. Right. 90% of the right. Not only that, a 14% difference seems like a lot. But then when you look at the scores by the time it all wrapped up, like, it, it felt like it was down to the wire. It came down to the five point, regardless of how big the difference in accuracy is. So. Yep. 
Mm -hmm. Not kidding, not kidding. Okay, well, that kind of wraps up our, excuse me, um, that kind of wraps up the matches for the day. So overall, that was it for the Schmodown throwdown from Friday. And, you know, also the little announcement from Roka himself. So overall, how did you guys feel walk like walking away from that match? Was it overall everything you dreamed of, everything you expected, or you were like, hmm, okay. Uh, for the Shazam final exam? For the, the throwdown. Well worth the money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well worth the money. If you're a $10 patron, you got like three of these or whatever this month and everything else. Yeah, uh, right. That was a well worth, well worth the money. That uh, Merle Roca or Roca, Merle, Merle. Alone was worth, worth the money. And then you add on a great, great competitors, great characters like, like Lon Harris and like, and the kid and it's well worth it. So it's, it's, it's just what I want to spread out. It's everything I want to spread out. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't shell hard enough. If you're not at that ten dollar Patreon level on Smodown, guys, you are getting your dump chunk of your money worth just this month. Literally, just this month. If you just wanted to sub and be just you know, a little brave, you're like, eh, I don't want a Patreon. Just this month, just getting the collection that you get from it is absurd. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. That just, just like the thirty dollars for paying ten dollars a piece. Yeah. Right. Uh, the loan uh, <laughs> is worth ten dollars easy. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we get the tag team stuff, and then we get all the other stuff, guys. You you're sleeping on it. If you and again, I know financial situations all that, but if you're yeah. like, if you need that push, now's the time. And of course, yeah, now the time. Not only that, you get all these things, but if you watch, if you throw your ten dollars in, you actually have access to all the old exhibitions and everything else that you, mm -hmm. you got before too, as well. Just throwing it out there. Record them. You just got to grab. Them. There's so many of the exhibition matches I haven't seen. I even still haven't seen the one between Kaiser and Bobby Gucci. It's mm, a fun oh, one. I heard it's amazing. I still need to see it though. Um, okay, so we're gonna be going into another segment of the episode. Um, you know, from this match, it is all right. Speculate and listen. Okay, so with this match, obviously, so the the one the just kind of want to follow up with this. The person that's gonna be going uh, next week, uh, where it's gonna be between um, Andrew Guy up against. Um, Andrew Guy is going to be versus Ben Bateman. Also, like Kevin Smith up against uh, Jericho. Twenty eighth now. That's the twenty eighth. They did change 28th. the date. It's a Friday. Oh, yeah. Friday. Old, so, yeah, yeah, this is an older picture. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, so, what? Are, okay. So, what are your thoughts? What do you guys think is going to happen? <sighs> Pure entertainment. That's what is going to happen. All right. So, let's, let's start <laughs> with let's start with the action that part two guys like i think that's where we should start on that one uh, guy wins so then you look at jericho and <laughs> jericho and kevin smith and yeah that was it was a lot of fun it actually reminded me a lot of um r&b and gucci's match gucci. yeah a little, more, a little more knowledge involved a little bit more knowledgeable but it felt rough on that one but anyway so yeah the bateman guy match that one's gonna be sweet i can't wait but jericho and kevin smith is like if you're talking about a match that's making people who've never watched Showdown before come watch Showdown, this is the match to talk about. And I, it's a coin flip. But Kevin Smith's on my fantasy roster right now, so Kevin Smith takes it. <laughs> I worry that some people might not like. Some people are going to look at this. There's some faction. There's some bit of our, our, our fandom here that's going to be like, oh, this is. They're not really because they're not going to be. They might not be as good as like a Dan Merle or something like that, that kind of thing. If they don't have. They have like a more of a Bonnie type match. They get people getting upset about I was it. Gonna say exactly that. Yeah. If there's a Bonnie like situation, I'm gonna be like, guys, you need to go ahead and get Kevin out Smith. <laughs> Fucking Kevin Smith and Chris Jericho. You're getting eyes on the Smodown like you've never gotten before. So right. please. Um, but with that in mind, I think it's exciting. I think it's gonna be because their personalities alone are gonna light up the screen no matter where they are. Uh, we got Kevin Smith coming on 
that's SCN Live on Tuesday as well, by the way. I know that was announced back then. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, if I had to make my prediction, I think I'm actually going to lean towards Jericho. And the reason why is that I love Kevin Smith. I think he has a wealth of trivia knowledge. Like I said, he knows movies like nobody else, but I don't think he has that 15-second recall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think his, his brain is not exactly always there. I mean, his face, he, does, he likes to chill. He'd be a great candidate for chilled action. Uh, <laughs> for that reason, his way right on into that show. <laughs> slide right in there. Um, but that's the thing is that he does. I, I don't know if he can pull it in 15 seconds. I think he even because a lot of times you watch him talk about movies, he was always like, "Oh yeah, I, 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 and he'll take a little bit of a while to get to, to that movie. He knows it. He's in there somewhere. He just gotta gotta access it. The filing capsule is a little hard to open sometimes. Whereas Jericho. Then again, you know, I say that, but Jericho's got a lot. Of, how many chair shots the head is Jericho? Got? <laughs> Concussions versus years of smoking weed. Like, where, where is it, right? Like, so I'm going to lean Jericho, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. So, yeah. all right, Dylan. Um, oh, wait, go ahead, Dylan. You do. Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, yeah. Um, and it's strange, though, because I'm kind of with you, though, Paul. Like, my, my heart says Kevin Smith, but. If you ask me who just has just this competitor spirit, right? Who has just this flair to want to go in, it screams Jericho in that though too. Um, but really, I'm going to give the cop-out answer even after saying Kevin Smith on that one and say the fans win because as long as our – listen, as long as us as fans get off our high horses and don't expect an incredibly technically played match because it, exactly what Paul said. we could After watching Bonnie's match, I was like, if Jericho and Kevin Smith goes like this, I already hear the chat just being – obnoxious and i'm like guys do you not think that chris jericho and kevin smith maybe have better things to do than to learn all the rules start to finish perfectly before then no it takes players seasons to get this down it's their first match let them play sloppy let them be fun let them just show off trivia and be entertaining that's trash that's what happened the trash all of the trash talk all the fun all the fun yeah i'm hoping that somebody spins kevin smith on the wheel Oh my god, yeah, and you know they have to, it has to be on there, and I, it has to be hit. It has to be hit, man. If it, it, it feels like a fail if it doesn't land on Kevin Smith. That's just I am never, never for rigging a wheel, but that's the only time I think I'd ever like consider it. <laughs> just that purpose at all. <laughs> Especially right after a guy match, oh, a rigged, a rigged wheel, that's par for the course, guys. It has to be. Rigged I'm twice in a row? Why not? I'm a booty. <laughs> it. It's definitely kind of a weird situation um, uh, that we're in. Again, we're in this. I feel like Shmodan's changing so much, and uh, you know, and unfortunately, we were put in the situation where all of our matches have to be digital and everything, and you know, with the virtual wheel and all that good stuff. Um, you know, I, it's amazing. You know, you know, Christian and Ellis were like, well. Got some troubleshooting to do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they could have been like, we're just going to scrap this season and start over next season. They were like, F it. No, we're going to be going head on and just keep on, you know, with these awesome matches. And it, it just keeps blowing up. And having – we – I honestly don't know if we would have um, – this match if it wasn't for our current situation. So I, I don't know if we would be able to have Jericho and Kevin Smith realistically if it wasn't virtual. So I am supremely grateful <laughs> mm. that this is like we have this opportunity to kind of go through. I'm so grateful that, uh, you know, people uh, on the upper tiers of Schmodown that are able to really not only have the connections, but really get this going. And also Roxy making Jericho happen. 
Oh my gosh, girl, good for you. Amazing. Um, my money also is on Jericho. That's funny. I'll um, say that. Personally, um, because Kevin Smith, you know, he's kind of uh, infamous for it. Like in interviews, you ask him one question and he'll give you like a 20 minute answer. <laughs> and that's the entire thing. <laughs> you don't have enough time to uh, provide anything else. And like you said, his, uh, his uh, recollection when it comes to things off the top of a hat, when it comes to movie news is uh, movie stuff is very here and there. So I am kind of curious. Also, he, he gets stuff about his own movies wrong all the time. He'll be like, yeah, um, uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back came out in 2012. You know, things like that where he gets stuff regarding his own movies incorrect sometimes. And he's like, oh, you know, in that time, general time period, you know, whatever. Um, but uh, Jericho, um, uh, you know, he, he does, he's getting knocked on like chairs and stuff all the time. And, you know, that takes its toll on the body. It takes its toll on the brain as well, obviously. So I'm kind of uh, curious of, you know, how that's going to handle, but the man is very vocal about it. He says he studies. I don't, I don't doubt it. He's a very so like, competitive what? person. Yeah. He's a very competitive and he, person. Weird is there. Yeah, so and he has like a movie podcast or he has like a, some kind of like movie web show or something like that. So I'm going to give him the slight edge. But also Andrew, Andrew Guy is obviously going to obliterate ben, uh, Bateman. So, you know. Oh, we're going to talk about that. I'm not saying that guy's got Bateman hand down. I mean, come on now. Two team guy here. There's no no way. <laughs> guys, come on now. Like, yeah. what is your shower? Um, yeah, so that wraps it up for our quick speculations for upcoming this week. Um, um, let's just kind of dive into real fast, just like real quick skim over the upcoming matches for this week. Um, uh, that is tomorrow is going to be uh, Harris, Lon Harris versus Graves. Who do you guys think is going to win that one? Uh, my mind is going to be on Lon. I think that okay. he doesn't play enough, and I think Lon's in the, in the moment. So I think Lon. Yeah, Lon's hot right now. He's on the momentum. So I want to give it to him just for that edge right there. Mm -hmm. Same. Lon across the board. All right. Yeah. Moving on to match number two. That's going to be on a Tuesday. Preston versus Zipper. Who do you guys have? Uh, don't do this to me. I love them so much. <laughs> full on explanation. Just give me yeah, a, yeah. your gut answer. Zipper. Zipper? Okay. Zipper. And all right, over to you, Paul. Uh, come back to me. What do you got? I'm going to go with Zipper myself, but also I'm all about Upset City, you know? There's always going to be some upsets in there. Maybe I'm, I'm going to go Zipper too. I think I'll go Zipper else as well. I think I, I, I would not be shocked if Paul wins, but uh, Zipper. Well, absolutely. No, Paul definitely favored it, I think. But um, yeah. at the end of the day, it's just Zipper. I love Zipper so much. Um, yeah. Moving on to uh, Yader uh, Paramo versus uh, Vaveda, uh, who we saw previously perform in the Star Wars match. So that's going to be an interesting one. Okay, so Yader obviously coming off hot off his match against Brittany from the dungeon. So that's going to be pretty interesting. What do you guys think? I'm, I'm... Go ahead, Don. I got you. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I actually got Veda in this one. Um, you know, Veda's knowledge is really set for singles. So I mean, it'll be. I think he's. This is his. His place. The rules are a little bit iffy for him, but I think this is his place. Paramo, I think, will play better, though. 
Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I just like how you move around. <laughs> Considering, I'm sorry, I, I can't move it. I apologize. Um, that this I don't have on hand, unfortunately. Um, with, um, I'm going to go with, honestly, I'm going to go with Jader, personally. The guy studies, the guy is like very vocal about it. So I'm going to go with him. So that's just my gut. Um, moving on to the next one. Uh, I got to get mine. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Jader as well. Barely, barely, or J. I respect it. I respect it. I respect it. I respect it. Okay. We also have another Will Smith match you don't have in this in this uh, because now we also have that same day the 19th we're getting the double header. The 19th also has uh, Vinny Mancuso versus Sabrina Ramirez as well. Now that, that's, now that that's picked in there, yeah. um, so we can also talk about that real quick. Uh, I don't even know this one. I, I don't know enough about Vinny Mancuso to really make a good decision, but I want to see Sabrina. I want to see if Sabrina really show what she's got, but I'm almost going to pick an upset and go with Vinny. Yeah. Um, Alex, you go ahead. Um, I'm going to go with Brandon, the kid. I'm, yeah. No, Sabrina Ramirez. Sabrina Ramirez. Oh, sorry, sorry. I apologize. Um, it's not on there. Sabrina versus Vinny Mancuso. Yeah. I'm going to take this down. I'm going to go with Sabrina, honestly. Vinny did have a really great, solid uh, debut, though. See, this is why when Tachat asks why Dylan isn't on more streams, because I get ruined. You put me in this middle box, and you put, a bo you put ads over me. Uh, I'm going to put Vinny on this one, uh, because Vinny's on my fantasy drafts. So I need to do that. I love to see Sabrina go. I love to see Sabrina go far. I really would. I think, but I've heard some great things about Vinny, so I, I just, I, I don't know. We're going to go with Vinny. So yeah. All right. Now we have the kid versus Alonzo Duralde. Oh God, this this totally goes on round two, and it makes or breaks this whole match. But I'm going to give it to Brendan Meyer on this one. I got to go the kid also. I think the kid just ha Alonzo seems to be one of those guys who has great knowledge, amazing knowledge, but never quite gets over the hump because of gameplay or something. I think that yeah. the kid just ready to go. I think it's going to be the kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I believe that's the last match of that the week, I want to say. Is that correct? No, we actually, I think we have. Oh, well, they have the throwdown, of course. The yeah, other, the throwdown. Oh, yeah, that we already talked talked about with Jericho um, versus. No, 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 that was the, that's next week's. Yeah, this week's the tag, the team's one we have. Boss versus Shazam and Founding Father versus Corruption. Oh, there's man, there's so many, so <laughs> many matches, guys. Look, can we just say, look at us? I've aged ten years just thinking about this. I haven't even done any of the breaks down. I'm just aged from where I live. There's nowhere left. All right, so the Boss versus Founding. Or who's the Boss versus Shazam? Uh, I think Shazam has been power hungry, but I'm gonna go. Who's the Boss? I feel like they're ready. Yeah. Wait. Okay, so I just want to make sure it's the Founding Fathers versus Corruption and then Shazam versus Who's the Boss? Yep. yep oh, yep. okay. I thought you said Shazam versus Founding Fathers. My bad. Oh, it's the number one contender match. Who's the Boss versus Shazam? The winner will face the winner of mm -hmm. Founding, uh, Founding Fathers and Corruption. Yeah. I'm going to go with Who's the Boss over Shazam by a briefest amount. Although Bibiani's playing so well right now and Baton mm -hmm. might be rusty, so I don't know. But I'm, gonna, I'm still going to lean towards Who's the Boss right now. I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to Shazam. You know, I, I think that uh, there's gonna be some ring rust coming into that one. The they got that out of the way, but I think if the internet messes up bibs, I actually just automatically give it to who's the boss though, because the the internet is the biggest heel to Bibiani after this last tag team match. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I have to say low key. Um, I, I do think realistically, I do feel like who's the boss is going to win just because Bits has not been able to beat Ben and Ben is all about that psychological warfare. If he whispers a line to Bibbs, Bibbs is done. Bibbs mm. just cracks. Oh, and, I wonder if that happens over the over the stream yard as well as it does. Yeah, yeah. The, thing is, even, the thing is, when we even watched uh, the Shazam in the match against Final Exam, though, we saw Brendan just being a little iffy. Um, he was definitely, I don't want to say he was all over the place, but he was moving around. You could see him almost like break his attitude a little bit, and Bibbs had to help recenter him. Mm. But thing is, I don't know if, uh, I personally don't know if Bibbs and, and the kid have that relationship where, where the kid can help recenter Bibbs the way Bibbs can help the kid, if that makes sense. And yeah. if Bibbs is cracked, the whole thing out. And I know Ben is all about the psychological warfare. He knows what he can do to bits. He's never been able to beat him in teams or singles. And so that, that's why. But I would really love Shazam to walk away with a win. I would not be surprised if they win. Absolutely at all. They definitely I'm have mega surprised if they win. It was very much a 50-50 match. None of either one of them could come out on top, and I would say, yeah. I mean, that doesn't surprise me one bit. But I really think it just comes down to a format at this point. It's going to be such a weird way to be able to do antics over Streamyard and not worry about like Ellis and Harloff saying, "Guys, cut the chatter in between." Like we need the streams to not explode while I have you guys all in here. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, yeah, it'll be then, fun. Founding okay. Father Richard Griffin. Yep. <laughs> yeah, guys, can we just move along? I can't make it. Flipping a coin again. Wait, so who won the last time? Founding Fathers? So yeah, Founding Fathers Father won barely. Barely won on that. What? Founding Fathers like a better showing than that. Um, you know what? I'm going to give it to Corruption. Corruption. The reason that I just feel like they just keep trading. And I know that Corruption went like two. I think it's like two to one right now. This is like four, their fourth match, right? So yeah. corruption, corruption, founding fathers, corruption. Or yeah, founding fathers, corruption, 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 mm -hmm. founding fathers. Whatever. I'm moving it to corruption because Chance Ellison's been on such a very big, He's strong been run. So hot. Yeah. So. He is so hot right now. Chance Ellison. So hot. So hot. So hot. <laughs> Brilliant. We got it thing right now um it really again just like the other one it really can go either way i do again i would i actually really want corruption to win but i feel like realistically i do think any father fathers are going to walk away with it just i say that because dan merle he, he he feels like he's unbeatable right now he's on a roll he's comfortable with this uh format he's comfortable doing uh the speed round in this way as well um, Roka also, even though he did lose to Irwin, that was a fantastic match he gave, and he lost because of a technicality on Sid versus Sidney Pollock. And you know, you really, I do feel like it, they uh, they voted justly on it because I would have never accepted, but he lost on a technicality, and he clearly knew the answer. Um, but also, KO, they're definitely on a roll. Obviously, more with both competitors and corruption going to the finals in IG. But that being said, there have been both studying a lot in IG. Not as a So it's both. So I would believe no, the chance. No, absolutely. It's just that still they're human, and there's only so many hours of the day. 
And that's a lot, a lot of content to get through and sit through realistically. So yeah. I think it's all going to come down to Kalinowski. To me, that's what it's going to come down to. Because I think Chance is going to do well. I think Dan's going to do be yeah. Dan is going to be Dan. Roke is fine. Roke is going to be fine as far as that's concerned. Um, but then it's going to come down to KO because KO. It's, even though he went for the whole triple bell thing at one point, he was always much better in IG than he was in the singles. Oh, yeah. He's, he had a good run in the singles, but it was mostly in teams and mostly because of chance. Um, so I have the feeling it's all going to come down to how Cal Mike Kalinowski does. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Not kidding. Not kidding. Um, okay. So that's a bit, that's another huge one coming up later this week, which I am. <laughs> So excited to see. That is our action-packed content for next week. We only have to do 15 more hours of covering videos. <laughs> uh, make sure All that right. you sign up to go be a guys, We should actually start scheduling stuff right away, <laughs> to be honest. Okay, um, let's kind of dive into, like I mentioned, that was uh, all of our things for the day. We're, we are going to be diving into the next segment of this show, which is, again, um, uh, well, actually, we just that was actually now that I think about it, that was Schmodong news. And I okay, let's just kind of go back into the whole speculate and listen thing. Um, all right, stop, speculate and listen. There you go. Um, let's kind of talk about what it means to be a heel. The definition of a heel, who is and isn't a heel. Now, this season in particular, I think starting last year, the, the definition of a heel is definitely broadening, you know, um, and some people consider like some uh, people consider Josh McCuga a face, others consider him a heel. And so that's kind of a weird definition, but same for video drew, uh, some people consider a face and a heel. So it's kind of an awkward situation, but um, yeah, it's kind of a weird situation we are in now. And that kind of transition from a face to heel and vice versa, but what makes a heel? What makes a good heel versus a great heel as well? But let's just kind of talk about the definition of a heel specifically. For you got to talk about heel. You got to talk about where it came from. It came from wrestling, mm -hmm. and the yes. old school, old school definition of wrestling is a heel is someone who hits. It's he's the bad guy, and he makes the audience hate you. You mean the audience should should if you're doing it right hate you, and you come to watch the heels lose. Rowdy Roddy Piper was booed out of the stadiums. He was like, people like threatened to murder him. He actually had to like, they had to sneak him out the back door in order to get away from like being physically assaulted, stabbed by the crowd. Like it's ridiculously legitimate stuff that used to go on back in the day. Uh, him and Jesse Ventura the same way because the crowd hated him so much. And the reason why he did that is because you pay to see Hulk Hogan, mm -hmm. the hero of the day back then, kick his ass at the big moments. That's what the audience wanted to see. He wanted yeah. to see his ass kick. So to, technically speaking, Technically speaking, the heels right now, the biggest heels right now, going maybe that strict definition, are Hannah and Chandra. Hmm. That's a strict definition. Right. Even guy who I love as heel of the year, and everything else is a different definition of heel because Andrew Guy and someone like a Shannon this year, for example, are great heels because they're great smack talkers and they're disrespectful, but they have people loving them. People love them so. Right. So that's where it comes down to. That's where the heel definition starts getting a little. Shady for for lack of a better word. What is a real heel versus a kind of a bad guy? But he's in love, so it's, it's, it's hard to exactly explain almost in a way. Mm 
And this is kind of where I want to tie in that evolution piece if we're going straight wrestling period, right? We go to these classic antagonists, right? These are the, they're just pure villains through and through. You're supposed to boo them. You're supposed to hate them. And then yeah. we hit, if we're talking wrestling terms and what I think is more relevantly heels in the showdown is the attitude era of heels, right? And right. I'm going to inject real quickly. That is why I said back in the day, Rowdy Roddy Piper. That's the original definition of heel. That's right. what I'm talking about. So. Exactly right. So carrying that in now, I mean, I, I would agree. I think if you base your idea on a heel, then you start there and you work your way into the evolution of it. You know, as a kid who grew up in the 90s era, and that's my attitude era of heels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, all of these people who are hot on the mic, who are very much heel mentality. This is where Schmodan things, I think, came in. It. Roka says openly that The Rock is like his biggest inspiration as character on that one. Uh, you take Guy, who took it to what I think is the next level beyond not necessarily beyond Roka, but he definitely up his game and became more iconic in that way as well. Um, you know, and then I think from there, then you start evolving into the what I think is the more interesting heels. So I don't want to just put it into a box and say Chandra and Hannah as pure traditional heels. Sure. Then you get Guy, you get Shannon, you get all the people who can drop it on Roka, all hot on the mic. But you kind of love to hate them a little bit, right? Like that is kind of part of the fun. Trust us, if we have any relationship with loving to hate Roka, look at our videos from anywhere from 2018 to before. But um, we love you, Roka, now. It's okay. So then you look past that, and then you start getting into characters that are technically heels. And I know Alex is going to love to take over on this one. The evolution of not just being a shit talker, but just being somebody who is bizarre but angsty, but you can tell is the antagonist. And that's the best way I can describe it. And when I hear heel, I hear who is the person who I feel like People are kind of against even the players. And this is where I love Video Drew and Tom's evolution of the heel, right? You take it into this weird different spectrum that's, they definitely have their moments. Drew especially has moments on the mic where she kind of puts out and, you know, she's sitting there just like, oh, you know, how do you spell cat, Christian? You know, the, that famous lovely line on it. But you have these little moments where they're, my internet is a heel. <laughs> exactly right. Um, the ones you love to hate. I think this is kind of where it's gone from you hate to, you want to hate them to, Oh God, I hate them, but they're so entertaining. I love them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There, there's, you know, um, you know, some people are kind of bringing up in the chat is, uh, you know, it, in order to be not only a good heel, but a great heel, you need to have the audience boo you. They have to be against you as well. So um, some characters such as Andrew Guy and Shannon Barney, obviously fantastic characters, people that we love. Thing is, they say nothing but derogatory things. Sometimes, uh, you know, you know, um, in uh, in a lovable way towards their own faction sometimes, um, but also against other against other competitors, other managers as well. And it's so great that we love them so much. But thing is, um, they're not booed when they say these things. They're cheered. To, so does that by them still being loved to the extent that they are, in spite of their healness, does that make them not a great heal? No, and here's why. Here's why. It's about what Dylan says evolution. When I brought back the old school 30-year old definition, back in that day, people thought wrestling was real. Yeah. People thought wrestling was real. They thought Roddy Piper was that fucking much of an asshole. They actually literally wanted to kill. I mean, you're talking about stabbing the parking lot. But back in the day, what I'm saying is that nowadays, just like, just like evolution in the 90s happened, we know that this is storylines. We know that we can watch Andrew Guy and Ben Bateman. Well, we could watch from an action movie Anatomy. And we know that Andrew Guy is probably one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in your life. Sweetheart of a guy, mm -hmm. really. So when he starts going derogatory, starts going heel, and their ver this version of heel is basically, 
I'm going to attack the good guys by calling, by disrespecting them, by calling them out, by trash talking them, by doing heel things. Like I'm going to put my foot up on the desk. I'm going to start saying shit. I should talk during the match. What I did, did, did during Dan Merle. I'm going to flip off Dan Merle at the end. That is how it began. But we enjoy it now because we understand that this is not really Andrew Guy. If we, if we thought Andrew Guy was really this guy, people would hate him but they know he's just a damn good actor. So that's why he is still a successful heel in nowadays parlance, but it all be, it's all basically about how much do we know about him? We're on the inside. We're actually it's kind of inside joke. We're inside the joke at this point. Where before you weren't people like Brandon and Chandru, people seem to not understand or not know whether these are really him or not. <laughs> I kind of feel that way. Well, that's, that's something I'm kind of curious about. Okay. So, um, if that's the case where the lines are blurred a bit, uh, so is, for example, um, thing is like with characters like uh, Chandra, who is now a heel, do you think it would like hypothetically, if, if he was maybe if hypothetically, if he was a creative and he did stuff like, uh, like Sabrina or John Rocco, where they had a Patreon, where they did Q and A's, where they're on screen a lot, you know, with fans and, and stuff like that, where they actually did a lot of one-on-one reactions uh, with people where people actually recognize his personality outside of Schmodown. Do you think that is a huge benefit being in Schmodown overall? Because people don't exclusively associate you with that one personality. Yeah, for sure. I think that a lot of what makes Chandru hard to digest as a heel is that Chandru is just Chandru. Chandru is not the host on the show. He's not a host mm -hmm. on like he's not doing a whole bunch of extra bigger things. Like Chandru is the Shmoda competitor pretty exclusively, to at least in my knowledge. I mean, he might have a podcast out there, and I don't know. But um, overall, yeah. I mean, when we only see Chandru at a hundred percent of Chandru that we know, at least from screen, right? Is is heel Chandru from this point forward? That's hard because then you're, it is a little bit as Paul harder or a little bit harder to buy into the joke, right? You're supposed to be in on the gag that this is storyline. With Brandon Hanna, I think people get it. People get that Hanna is while pure heel. It, it almost it almost has a hint of like you know I have NC Seven Shepherd in chat even saying it's kind of like it's all it's all fake, right? And there's kind of an insight like you get the feeling that he's kind of in on it, which is what makes it kind of good and kind of bad at times. But Chandru, man, people are hot on it after that Smets match. And mm -hmm. I'm sitting here to say, man, like, you know what? Be hot all day. He did his job. When he did heel, absolutely do his job. Yeah, when you're a heel, especially in Schmodown, I think that the the credit trade-off you get, here's the deal, here's the invisible contract as a Schmodown heel. All right, so here's the rules. The fans will either hate you or love to hate you, depending um, and in exchange, you get to do fun stuff in the match, right? You can banter, you can do promos, you can shit talk them, you can do all this stuff, you can have little jabs here. You can maybe push it a little bit further even in the match than maybe what you're comfortable with and get away with it because that is like you're under the heel contract with that. Yeah. Right. So that's what happens in the match and people get furious and say he's not a heel and it's too far and it's disrespectful. And I'm like, guys, where have you been? Like this is, this is, that's the deal. That is the contract. Like, <laughs> it's, well, again, I, I think that, you know, the lines are blurred a little bit for sure. Um, you know, but how far is considered too far? As far as, uh, you know, there was a time where Andrew Guy, where people literally thought he was that guy that was legitimately an asshole. And right. the lines were blurred uh, quite a bit, um, you know, because, you know, he there wasn't the action guys all that much. There was a little bit, but it's around the time they were just starting and they weren't as popular as they are now, obviously. So, um, you know, 
people like myself literally thought he was such a weenie. Uh, you know, the lines are uh, blurred for sure. Versus someone like Chandru, um, what what is okay? So um, honestly, I feel like he has he's changed a little bit, but he hasn't changed that much for as long as I remember. He's been doing these subtle little jabs during matches, and that is exact same thing that he did in this championship IG match. Um, so. Let me just interject real quick. I think the difference was he was before he was supposed to be a, a face ish. She was like, thinking he's supposed to be a face. Everybody liked him, whatever. And Christian kind of, I, I, I think Christian kind of realized that people weren't seeing that or because he was doing these jabs. He couldn't quite pull off the face because he would have those little jabs. He would do these little jabs. The so Christian, as a smart, I like guess, smart owner or whatever, would do manager or whatever, said, okay, well, we're not doing this right. So let's just flip the switch a little bit and just, will you now? I'm going to let you turn that shit up. I think before Christian was probably saying, you can't do that. Don't do that. Don't you gotta yeah. tone this down, tone that stuff down. You're gonna be how you be a face. You're gonna be, now he's like, you know what? We're just gonna lean into their way. You can't make him a face. We're gonna let him go now. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, release the Chandra, so to speak, in a way. <laughs> let him let him be exactly what he was gonna be. Well, thing is, I mean, Christian is has literally in the past being like, hey, you're you need to go farther. You need to go more heel. Right. You know, literally, yeah. You know, and so you know, at what point does it? end person like uh so, obviously when it comes to the character like where it, as far as i know personally especially in recent memory chandra's the first character the first uh heel where we're like we don't know there are some people literally they're just like no i legitimately don't like him not because of his ca- not because of his character but because of who he is now does that um because those lines are so blurred in and of itself doesn't that by definition make him a really great heel though yeah I, it yeah. does it does it, it's, a, it's a different kind of heel it's the more older school heel but it definitely mm-hmm. works because at the end of the day i can guarantee you if if smets and john had i can guarantee you that people want to see chance ellis and kick chandra's ass in spectacular oh yeah and they're oh, gonna pay to see it. They're I've seen people talk about. It. I hope Chance shuts him up. I hope Chance does this. I hope Chance because they want to see him get shut up. And that's the definition of a heel. It's a different kind of definition. It's a different heel than we've had uh, for the most part as far as Guy and, and Shannon go. But it's definitely a good good version of a heel. Now whether that's gonna work or not, what? what? <laughs> um, take her off until she gets back i guess oh yeah yeah uh so but at the end of the day it doesn't mean and there's different kinds of heels as well there's always you got the like we talked about before there's the kind of maniacal heels the the, the video drew and toms of the world and those kind of people and that's a totally different kind of heel but there's no successful heels but the the reason why they're not as successful i think compared to someone like a chandru or someone like a guy is that it's not to that extreme if you know what yeah I mean. um you gotta go I'd- all in I think it's an interesting dynamic, and I honestly, I think I, how much of the heel stuff it just has to go because it's against Mets, right? Which is right. weird because I, I think that in the same way, people really took off with Guy on Merle. Guy, I think Guy, if he had played it the same way that Chandra did, probably would be getting similar responses. But Guy was already kind of beloved at that point. That's um, the thing; he earned it already. Right. No way. Plus, it is such a underdog match in that situation, so it's kind of hard to really compare that in, in that way. But mm-hmm. then we look at. Chandra against Smith and Chan and Smith, who is, you know, a heel depending. I mean, we've always just laughed at like he, he delivers that threat, threatening menace um, persona off on him. But again, like he's so damn lovable. It's hard not to. He kind of does come in with this aura of a baby face while still being that tough and griff, like 
destroyer yeah. of people. But Tinker comes in and does what he does, and it really rubs people the wrong way. And I think part of that is that they're like, you know, we love Smiths. We want to see him come in. We want to get in there. And I think that that big fall for Smiths in Chandru Rising while doing the the taking that mm-hmm. um, he has to the next level, I think that just made it so much harder for people to take. But again, if you say that it's gone too far and you watch the guy match and you praise that for the work that it's done there, mm-hmm. take a look in the mirror, guys, because Chandru wasn't even nearly as bad. Guy put yeah. his feet up, took pictures with Merle during the match, and then jumped on the thing and flipped him off after he I won. Died. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the same time, also, you know, that guy, that definitely did not sit well with Merle. We know that now afterwards. Mm-hmm. It did not sit well with Merle. Um, guy, it got to make up with Merle afterwards. But that's okay. part of the idea. But nowadays, also, the thing is, people tend to, you're supposed to know that. Like, when Guy and Ben were doing their thing, uh, there was nobody else really doing it. I mean, Roka yeah. was. But he was kind of now he was actually more of a face at that point. He had turned more between her. But it yeah. was doing that kind of character work that everybody else was doing at that point, um, as far as heal them goes. Uh, so nowadays, but you should kind of know that now it's interesting that they're still kind of having that question mark. The fact that it's so murky, the fact that it's so murky is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me wonder what is going on. I mean, I got to tell you another thing about the heal, just another interjection thing is one of the things you got to do is that if you listen to someone like a Chris Jericho, who's grass, one reason it's great to have him come on the show now, you never want to bury your opponents. That's what a good heel has to learn because if you bury your opponents in, in smack talk, then if and you beat them, then you're supposed to have beaten them. You know what I mean? So it ends up cheapening the match because you got to remember what some people forget to do. And I think a lot of people forget to do is what is your main goal? Your main goal is not to really to, to smack talk and disrespect somebody. It's to build up the match. You're all about promoting the next match and you want to make it. So you want to say like, this guy sucks. You want to say, well, this guy has done a lot of things, but I'm better than him. That kind of thing, in a way, yeah. it's a different kind. Of, it's, it's a fine line, but you want to make sure you're you're gonna, you want to see when Merle faces Guy, you got to get over the fact that you want to get you want to see why do you want to see this match? You don't want to see anybody Merle disrespecting Guy. You don't want to see Guy completely disrespecting Merle. You can disrespect a little bit, but never his his gameplay. Right. Yeah, it just becomes a very gray line, um, you know, and obviously as well, we do have a bunch of people within Schmodown that are actors, that are performers uh, by extension in general, but some people aren't. Like someone like uh, Chandru, his isn't. As far as I know, I think he's a student. He's like a He's like a bachelor's or his master's or something. And I something I oh, yeah. did. And you know, and so this is something he's just doing for fun. And so he's not really having so he's like he's not an actor. So uh maybe what he he's doing, he just doesn't realize how it does come across or whatever it may be. Um, you know, it's definitely a blurred line for sure. But also, I mean, there was a real um people that aren't familiar with the matches, or is like a real um uh you know, he also, I mean, like his heelness attitude at the end of the day, he was smiling the entire time. He was like doing this, he was doing a high five, or he was just like his just whole physical demeanor technically by definition was in heel behavior. However, his attitude behind it, as if it was like, mm, oh yeah, he's like, oh, you're obviously, it's just, it, you know, it definitely got inside his head. Um, and Seven Shepherd did say earlier, I kind of want to mention it, said Hannah is a pure act as, as a heel. It's all fake. Chandra is much more of an extreme version of what Roka thinks Bibbs is. He's a nice guy, but he throws dirty jabs at people while he thinks he's being nice. Bibbs is 100% a face. Just want to point that out there. Yeah. He's got facts, but he's 100% a face. Um, Interesting. Let me just target what he said. I don't know. I don't know if Chandru 
is being i don't know if china does think he's being nice i don't know that to be honest with you i, I wonder that yeah, sometimes the act of it itself of him like smiling on on stage and be like you know my hot take on this is, is that like the heel behavior thing but right. the, he's kind of going about as if sarcastic that is a little heelish I yeah think. i think on presentation you definitely get what I think Snyder coined it best. I talked with Snyder about this once, and Snyder said that he's like, Chandra's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And I, I think that's a pretty solid representation of like the character of heel that Chandra is. But yeah, I think in the Smiths match, he could have definitely taken it further. I think people who are saying that there's hot risk like this, like, well, the hot cake there is Chandra didn't take it far enough. Chandra could have pushed it. Are you kidding? You got a question on your accent. He could have he could have played a racist card if he wanted to. Oh my gosh, he totally could have. He could have. Yeah. And that like Evan had a hard time putting a challenge up there in anywhere. So listen, here here's the rule with the heel stuff because heel is an umbrella term. I think the best way to look at it, just in the story narrative aspects of it, it's the antagonist. It's the antagonist in whatever form that is. It's the person that you're going that's creating the conflict, creating chaos. I saw somebody point out pretty much exactly that statement. And I totally agree. Um, if they're creating conflict, <laughs> and Chandra's doing that, check the Facebook last I checked, conflict away, um, then he's doing his job. So. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. I guess the, the reality of the situation is, and I don't, again, this is I'm bringing up something I don't know much about, can't say anything back and forth, but like, is it show? Is it show? And how are they doing things backstage? Mm -hmm. Behind the scenes, Andrew Guy would come up, shake your hand, and like eventually talk and everything else. Is Chandru is doing that as well and making himself known as being somebody who's respectful and this is all part of the show? Then that's one thing. If he's not and this is what he's doing, that's where the disrespectful too far thing. Because if he's doing this during the match and he's acting the same way behind the scenes too, that's where the problem might come in. Because I know we had this problem initially at one point with Paul Ayama. When he first came to the league and chance ellis when he first came to the league they had this cocky heel behavior thing going on they thought they were being part of the show they were the newcomers on the turf and people had some problems with them backstage as well uh, and it was mended everything was mended out recently paul Ayama, i know we had that scene where jen made up with paul Ayama, uh, earlier in the year and it was it was good it worked well um and i think that was their way of saying yep throw some behind the scenes tension but we've mapped it out and now we're okay and that's when paul went face after that now that's what i mean about chandru like behind the scenes, I know I don't know much about behind the scenes, but if, as long as he's being respectful behind the scenes to it, then he, he can go as far as he wants as far as the show goes in terms of mm -hmm. during the matches and during promos. That makes yeah. Sense. Yeah, it's definitely kind of a murky situation as well. Um, you know, he he's also one of the uh Chandra is in a very unique situation. As far as I can remember, he's also been challenged multiple times on his accent, him pronouncing things. Mm -hmm. um like there was like one it was like it was like a three or five pointer question it was like what is the name of dumbledore's sister oh, ariana versus ariana yeah. Yeah. yeah and it was like it, like things uh and i can't remember who he was going against but that was a question and the way he pronounced it was initially incorrect I, he's like it's, oh was it yeah so i mean it's just kind of like it's definitely just kind of a weird situation like no one else has really been um thing is uh uh you know, been challenged on that way. So it's just kind of a weird situation. But obviously we all know that Smets, obviously Smets is a wonderful person. He's one of the greatest guys in Schmodan. We love him. And I'm, you know, obviously we can talk about how Chandra could have played the race card. And obviously, thankfully he, you know, he didn't obviously, you know, because if he went down that road, that would have been really, 
really bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also, because we also know that that's just, um, that's just not the route we want to take in Schmodown. Um, but also, we know that Dylan clearly didn't mean it like that. Um, yeah, it could go. Yeah, it could have been. It could I, hypothetically in another universe, it did go really, really badly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah um, you know, it's just like there's a. It's, it feels like there's a lot of uh, competitors that are faces, but maybe they have some heel tendencies. But also, there's a lot of heels that have face tendencies, mm -hmm. and there's people in between that are like uh, Ben Bateman. I will never ever consider him a face, even though he is technically a face. I will forever consider him a tweener. Or a tweener and a heel, honestly. He's a tweener right now because he does yeah. do respectful things. He's very respectful about every opponent he faces now. Like yeah. he talks a good game, talks about he will throw in a little jab, like it's more of a psychological jab. It's not as disrespectful. That's, yeah, that's exactly what Chandru does. Chandru Chandra's a little bit more. He turns a little bit more. Maybe the thing is he does the psychological jabs. He does. It's a little more. It, it's true, it's true, but it's yeah. a little bit more well, of a ben, well, ben when when Ben it goes up against Bibbs. He will throw a jab a few like a day or two before Adam, like on Twitter or something like that. They know that. Um, Bibbs knows uh, mm -hmm. that if he's gonna he's gonna be some kind of message or something like that will be told to him, possibly during the match, in order to break him a little bit, in order to kind of crack him a little bit, because he knows that's all it takes. It's just from Ben in particular. No one else can do it but Ben. <laughs> it's just kind of weird that way. And Ben takes advantage of that. This is an interesting question. I was talking about ask James Axinger, by the way. All I was talking about ask how can we have this wrestling atmosphere and also strive for real people and real feelings at the same time? How do we know what's real and what is what isn't? Um yeah. the is actually in the chat. I don't know who that is. Actually. The Shmomanati is here. If you know where I know it's real. <laughs> but either way, to answer that. Shmomanati, the Shmomanati is real. It's the Shmoma Booty. That's true. Shmoma Booty. Shmoma Booty. Hashtag. To, to answer Jane's question, I will say that I think the idea, it's all about knowledge. It's all about you. It's like, I don't want to go after dark. It's like having a safe word. You have to know what your partner's into. You have to know what's going on. And you have to know what you're, how far you're willing to go. Um, you might not, like, it's almost like you should draw it out. Don't do this. Don't touch this. Don't talk about this. Don't talk about this. But here, hit me this way. Hit me this way. And that's fine. Uh, but as long as you're not talking about the safe words, but it's a type of thing. It's the same type of thing, though. Seriously. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so you know about it and you're okay. That's what happened with Andrew Guy at first. Like Dan Merle wasn't expecting it. And that's why he was a little upset, I think, at, at that point. Nowadays, I think he'd be understanding of it and he gets it, gets what the show is. So if you know what the show is, you know what you're going to get, it'll be okay. The problem is we have a lot of these rookies or first timers or whatever are coming in. They don't play ever and they're coming in. All of a sudden, they see this going on. They're like, what? And it takes them a while to figure out, oh, this is this is a game. This is a play. This is a, this is a theater almost. Like, right. Um, so that's how you have to do it. It has to be clear to a point. These guys have characters. They're going to trash talk. Some of them are going to be harder than others. And you just got to kind of roll with that and everything else. And if you can't take that, then you probably shouldn't play, to be honest with you. I mean, not I, like that much, but. It's like, it's, if that's the case, there are enough people in Schmodown that where that's an issue. In that case, we would have to get rid of a quarter of the competitors. That are not that not only can when I say that they can't take it, it's not so much they can't take it, it's just they're sensitive to it. 
Right. It's just like you can go far, just don't go that far. You know, especially on maybe maybe you're like once we're on screen, we're totally fine, but don't go at me, don't attack me on social media, don't do this, don't do that. Um, you so where it's iffy, I know several competitors that have been like, Yeah, I just was not okay with it from the get-go. And we had a conversation before, but after being in it, I was like, Nope. And that's just like you you have to be okay with it in order to compete on this level mm-hmm. now where we have such um, so many different types of heels. Like there are some competitors that are like uh, when it comes to working with video drew, it's just like, they're like, Oh man, that's, I don't know if I can do that just because, you know, she's whipping out her dolls. It's distracting. She does a character. And sometimes you don't know how to work with that. Right. So you got to be okay with a lot of different, different personalities and you got to be okay with different types of heels and that kind of heel behavior as well in and out of the match absolutely and i think at this point this level you got to understand it you're you know what's going on it's not like this is back in the day when andrew guy and and ben baby were starting when they started they started their antics the league wasn't all like that it was basically john roca and then them a few others here and there nowadays you got to know what you're getting into when you when you're walking in and yeah, so it's more on them now, I think, at this point than it was before. You got to understand what you're doing, understand what you're doing. But, and it's fine if you want to tell them. You absolutely should be able to say, look, you know what? Don't talk about my mama or something, something like that. Like you say, you yeah. can hit me anyway. Just don't talk about my mama. I don't like that or whatever. And, and that's okay. And, and people, like Andrew guy and the heels or whoever, have to respect that and move on with it. And that's the only way you're going to have a give or take. I mean, you're adding another conversation we can have. And I don't want to talk about it tonight because we already started. It would be around two hours is how the fans are involved in that as well. But that, that's a totally different avenue we should go down at some day next, maybe next week or something. But as far as the competitors themselves, know what you're getting into. Be upfront about what you can take and what you can't. And I think most people would be okay with understanding that and taking it and just moving a different way. Yeah. Real quickly before we wrap up tonight's episode. We got to get down to the nitty gritty. Dylan, what's your safe word? <laughs> Hand banana. That's a solid one. All right, Paul, what's your safe word? Uh, purple. That's it, just purple. Yeah, less levels tends to be better. Uh, once you get through the hand part, the blah, 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 it gets really bad on the last levels. I, I advise many less syllables. Alex, your safe word. Stephen King. King. All right. So, what happens no. if you were actually having sex with Stephen King, though? Would that uh, change? You have to change your set, your uh, safe word at that point, wouldn't you? <laughs> Man, you just took, you just go too far, Paul. I just don't appreciate that. No, that's too far. Too far. You're pulling off the heel, and I do not appreciate that. That kind of heel behavior, I'm not here for. Anyway, guys, <laughs> thank you so much for. I will kick you out, heel sir. I will kick you out. <laughs> Guys, uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight in this episode of Call Live, hosted by Kelsey. Unfortunately, she could not be here tonight due to internet issues. Also, uh, you suck, CenturyLink, for having like horrible internet issues. Like, what the heck's going on over there? Um, yeah, Justin Juice, just saying, I you did fantastic on Schmobates last week. Did, love them. I would, yeah, <laughs> pretty fantastic. Um, rock that guitar. Yeah. Rock that guitar. Uh-huh. Oh, it's so hard, iconic. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. Um, okay, guys, uh, just wrapping it up. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, thank you so much if you gave us a super chat or a stream lab. We really, really appreciate it. Helps us keep the lights on here at C2A. I can't tell you how much it means to us. But last but not least, Dylan, where can we reach you? Find out what you're doing. And also, where are we going to learn more about your safe words? Ooh, uh, you can always catch me on our Twitch Hangouts. We are doing Twitch Hangouts randomly, to be perfectly honest. Uh, yeah, I to get a schedule at some point, but. Are we? What's yeah. Twitch, yeah, I will always do my best to be on those ones. I've consistently been two for two on those ones. You can catch me on Twitter over at, there it is, uh, at C-A-M-A-C-H, Octo. Um, you can, yeah, I don't tweet much, but I do appreciate followers. It makes me feel important and spectacular. Thank you. Um, and if you want to, for whatever reason, follow me on other channels talking about other movies, you can go catch me at Let's Make an Effing Podcast. I do movie reviews there. We're on season three. I've gone through a whole bunch of stuff. We're about to cover Waterworld, so stay tuned for that stuff. Uh, for, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be real fun. Mad Max with water instead. Um, those, those are urine. Urine. Lots of urine. Um, and then I've got other plans. We're, we're scheming. There's a reason I'm not on a screen as often. I'm not wasting my time. Paul, <laughs> Mr. PLD himself. Everybody knows where they can catch you at, so but you go ahead and remind them. <laughs> at Paul underscore Denuzio. I also play our ad for tomorrow's show because you can find me on Chilled Action with my favorite co-host, Danny Ramirez. Daniel Ramirez, here is this ad for tomorrow. So yeah, we've got Andres Gallagher coming on. That's going to be great. Our 49th episode. That should be a lot of fun. He's a lot of fun to talk to. Um, and also beyond that, you can find me on Class Action on the Action Industries YouTube channel. This Sunday night, we're actually going to have a at 11 or 9 p.m. Pacific. We're going live, me and Richard Eric Jarvey, uh, with special guest Brandon Hanna. And we're going to be taking on Star Trek 2009 versus Star Wars The Force Awakens. So that would be an interesting debate there. And, uh, of course, I am also at PLD Projects. I am developing that channel slowly. It's been very slow, but it is there. There is some content on it. There will be more as soon as I can make thing, things work. So that's it for me. And uh, clearly the inferior heel here. I'm Alex Mack, part of the Call Action Crew. And you can find me uh, uh, part of Mornings with the Outlaw on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, you know, John Roca himself, where we dive into movie news on the week at uh, 1030 Central. Just one time, I just get a lot of, there's a lot of cat cameos from both my cats and a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and also hear a bunch of my random hot takes and about what movies I clearly haven't seen. So, <laughs> am I a movie fan? I don't know. Um, also, uh, on Tuesday evenings at it's 10 o'clock on Central. I actually host a show called Cinema Bias. We're really going to dive into Video Drew and I actually dive into our personal biases in terms of movies, whether we start against a certain, uh, you know, director or style of film or genre. Uh, like, I'm not I'm not a big fan of Christopher Nolan movies. I don't. Boo. Now you're the biggest heel. No, no, no it's just. I, cool. Oh wow. He has like he has like he he talks about five themes in his movie. Like it's just all the same themes. It's like nauseating. Uh, but my favorite Christopher Nolan movie is actually The Prestige. I love it. I do love that movie. 
But, oh my gosh! Wow, Taxmel, what is uh, what is? Uh, I'm sorry, dude. Sorry. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, how many times can I talk about bending time, or what is time? What is reality? What At is least one more? Um, how many times can he talk about that? Seriously, it's all the same. Each of his movies talk about that: Inception, Memento, The Dark Knight. Uh, interstellar okay. they're all like the same things it's nauseating anyway sorry anyway no more rants no more rants oh last but not least real quickly uh schmobates is uh this wednesday it's going to be themed on the den my co-host is uh, going to be rachel silvestrini from the den fantastic but also ben goddard is going to be one of my competitors and the other one you're going to see and our ghost judge oh guys our ghost judge is fantastic but hence, she's not playing. She's a retired competitor. So. Uh, one more thing I did want to play. I forgot. Uh, generals debate on the National Industries YouTube channel this week on Thursday night. I got four generals debating what's the greatest comic book movie of all time. I get to host that and help with Ben and Drew on uh, that as well. It's a fun, fun uh, game. You see the generals do it. It's a lot of fun. They go every other week. Uh, they're getting intense. They've gotten really intense. They've been studying uh, for trivia because there's a little bit of trivia involved. They've been like studying old Ben and Drew uh, AMA episodes, trying to just see what they can do to like <laughs> see what makes them tick. And like, it's totally like I off the wall. I love it. I love it so much. So come do that as well. As a winner of a of an episode of a general debate, you know, mm. you have yet to come on my level. You know, mm. I <laughs> can't afford the general level. <laughs> <laughs> guys uh but thank you so much for hanging out with us we really really do appreciate it and uh yeah we'll see you here later this week next week we got a bunch of breakdowns and stuff coming to you so definitely stay tuned but guys keep watching movies we'll talk to you later bye, bye. bye guys